0: Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti glare, anti smudge coating, anti scratcher, anti aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash Toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests. You get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. <coughs> Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I got my brother from another mother next to me again. Chappelle Lacey, thank you for being here. I appreciate Always. it. Thanks for um, having me. I really appreciate you being here. I know you're like, you know. You're on to the next thing in your life, but I'm honored to have you here. I don't mind this at all. Yeah. For those (laughs) listeners, Chappelle Lacey retired from podcasting. Why do you keep saying retired? Because I love it. A (laughs) a couple of days ago. (laughs) You act like I'm like 80.
1: (laughs) And I dragged you
0: back in. um, Dragged you back in like the mafia. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. And then sitting across from me, I'm very honored to have him here today. We met uh, briefly at uh, Punk Rock Bowling. And uh, my son recognized him. My son's a massive fan of the show. He was one of the the many shows he was on. Um, And I'm not going to pronounce his name wrong. Mr. John Ross Bowie. Very good. You nailed <laughs> did it. I say it right? Bowie? Yeah, you are fine. Yeah, okay. you're good. You Bowie. Okay. Now you're in your head about it, though. I'm totally fucking yeah. in my yeah. head. Yeah. Because at first I was like, dude, that's cool. That's that seems Bowie. Bowie. And that's Scottish, right?
2: It is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And also not to be this guy, but it is actually the name I was born with, which you can't say for every icon. Mm. He was David Jones. He Ooh. was David Jones. And he I, changed it because the guy from the monkeys.
0: Dude, I'm just saying this now. Because we call him, That's a, deep, no, yeah. no, listen, he's he's called Deep Dive Lacey, but I already feel like you met your match already as far yeah. as like music, information, and knowledge, and history. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: I find that people in, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chabelle, but people yeah. in comedy are usually just repositories of trivia, I feel like. Because yeah. the, yeah. the craft thrives on specifics. Yep. You know, and yeah, so and everything's
1: yeah within detail.
2: Everything is in the details. Uh-huh. And um, am I great at balancing a checkbook? I am not. No, <laughs> but I've I'm, I've got tons of like all sorts of ephemera floating around my head, and mm. and and little uh, trivia details like that. And I, I imagine you do as yeah, well. Yeah, Chappelle. no, yeah. I
1: felt I felt it when we were talking about MDC. I was like, oh, yeah. this guy knows what's up. <laughs> I was like, he's going, he's going even further. I was but like, okay. Chappelle
0: also to watch you record your vocals in your new punk band with with off the dome no no lyrics written out no. that's a that's a comedian comedian style a way of yeah i didn't things. i didn't
1: realize that either but that it, was yeah, insane. we we're just yeah cuz i have to remember what i'm saying on stage cuz you know if i'm going up there for 50 minutes i got <laughs> well that's the thing
2: about about stand up that i find so daunting um and i mean you say this about acting too but like stand up should make it improv should sound scripted yeah. And stand up should sound like it's just coming to you at the at the minute, you know, like yes. and that's a that's a delicate balance to walk. Yeah. And uh, it's tough. Yeah. And I've but I've I've seen some of your stuff online. It's good. Yeah. It's oh, not, thank it's you. Just, cause you get that real nice conversational talking to an audience rather than at them thing going on, yeah. which is, is nice. I like that a lot. Yeah, Because
1: I'm like, what's the best way? What's the like best way I could just feel natural up there? Yeah. Oh, just conversation.
0: Yeah, You yeah. make them feel part of it like you're having this yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah. Bring, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for your journey ahead, Chappelle You're a young lad, and you're doing very well. I am, a, I am
1: a young lad. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your Thank journey, you. though. After my uh, journey from London, yes, I am
2: a lad. Yeah, he
0: just went. He, just, he <laughs> went to London for the first time.
2: I saw. To yeah. See one, of the, see one of these guys. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's right. You posted about it. That's yeah. right. You posted about it. Um, <laughs> 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 um, was
0: it? It was a magical experience for him. Yes, Bibl- London's a great biblical, city. as Liam would say. London's a
2: great city. Yeah, great London's city. a great, great. city. But first
0: time leaving the country, then going yeah. there, then seeing, and
1: then seeing, then played the legendary. I did a show at the legendary. Uh, Hundred Club? Club. Oh my God, you did. That's amazing. It was kind. Of, it was out. Now that was, that was. Crazy. You
0: didn't even know until after people started telling. No, you yeah,
1: I didn't, I didn't realize it. Uh, the Clash, The Pistols. Yeah, and then a, a fan they were like, "Oh, you're following us in the footsteps of Oasis," and they sent me like uh, the tickets to Oasis played there in '94. Dang. What? Like when first like,
2: so like Live Forever era, yeah. kind of. Oh my God. Yep. He knows the ways
0: He's still live forever. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I knew.
2: Um, uh, I I remember like seeing photos or or reading stories about like the early uh, the early punk bands playing there, the Clash. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. your yeah. damned and your buzzcut. Oh yeah, they stuff, have but...
1: all those pictures That's up incredible. there of them playing there. It's it's, it's like the it's, CBGBs of it's England. a very fascinating room. I don't know. There's like and obviously I've never been to CBGBs, but I'm pretty sure it probably has the same feel had and the smell, same feel. Maybe yeah. where it was like uh, you just feel this energy. Yeah, when you walk in to the room that just like I don't know like it's like a
2: if this place catches fire we're all doomed is that energy was that the energy because that was the energy at CB's like that one one stray match and we're all dead one (laughs) one
0: flyer catches on fire yeah Yeah. how about the bathroom how's the bathroom at the Hunter club
1: uh oh, it was very small. Oh well, the it was CB's a little bit more updated. But, yeah. Well, there was a, I, I used the green room bathroom. Yeah, oh, you did. Sorry. Yeah, all right. There was
2: one bathroom for everybody at CB's, Dude. and it was there was a meme that circulated in the summer twenty twenty. You yes. know this one that was that was probably accurate. That just showed a picture of it, didn't name it, just showed a picture of the famous CB's bathroom and said, "Hi, if you ever use this room, you are likely immune to the coronavirus." <laughs> <laughs> that it was, the, thing. It was that crazy. Uh, it, it was. was. I mean, there was no. There was a toilet with no walls anywhere, no stall, but three no urinals. I don't know anyone who took a dump there. I don't know anyone who knows anyone who took a dump at CBS ever. Did you? No, you're kidding. Well, now you do. Oh my God. Yes. I shook your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I
0: did. I had to go there once before. Oh my. And I God. Had you my didn't friends, go to, You go up the streets of Phoebe. I couldn't make it because I I, I, I got weird stomach things when I was younger. <laughs> I Have my friends do like a wall of death around me. Oh. <laughs> so like they stood, like they, some of my friends what you know stood this while so used the bathroom. We used to always blocked the door. I had to go, man. I had to, man. I didn't sit on it though. Oh no, I of did course the You move yeah yeah, 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 sure. Hovered, sure. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. So now you met somebody.
2: All right. Well, there we go. This <laughs> I know. Been, uh... You've gone a long time. Wow. Without wow. meeting someone, yeah, <laughs> I am solidly middle aged, and that's a half century until. I... Well, this has been great, guys. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me.
0: Um. So you were born and raised in New York.
2: I was. Yeah. Yeah. Midtown. Midtown. I, I was. I was born in. Uh, in Queens. What part of Queens? Uh, Rego Park. Okay, I know that. Like deep out there, not too far from here. I've got my my parents met at. um, Oh wow! At the I'm showing off my tattoo. This isn't a visual medium, but I've got the um, the Unisphere from the World's Fair, the '64 World's Fair, which was held in Queens, and that's where my parents met okay and then i was born in queens and the theme of the world's fair this year was uh peace through understanding which is nice nice so i just got this done a few months ago oh nice um guy named graham chaffee is that the only tattoo or no no i got my kids hebrew names on the inside of my oh nice nice awesome um i think that's it though i think i banned my point you're you're i mean how am i going to keep up with you look at you
0: (laughs) um so that's cool yeah queens growing up there's so many Great bands. Well, I, I I
2: was I was born there. We we moved into Midtown Manhattan when I was like four. Oh, okay. Um, and then my last place in New York was in Queens before I moved out here. And I I always it's kind of the, it's always kind of been the underdog, uh, uh, borough. You know, yeah. Like you know, the Bronx has the Yankees, and uh, and Brooklyn is Brooklyn. You know, it's Walt Whitman, yeah. and you know, there's you know downtown Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Queens has brought so much into the world. But um I mean L O Cool J and Christopher Walken off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. You know, but Ramones. Ramones, run DMC, you know, there's just so much Tribe Called Quest came from Queens. Yeah, that's right. Um there's so much great stuff, but it but you know the, you know, the Mets play there and, and they're always getting, but Nas is from Queens. Yes. Yeah, there's so much great stuff from Queens, but it, it always is given this sort of red-headed uh, stepchild treatment by the rest <laughs> really? of the city. Yeah. And uh, and I, I love it. It was, a, it was a fun place to spend a few years and uh, there's amazing ethnic food out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are actually, let me see if I can get the statistic right. There are more languages spoken in the in the smallest amount of space in the world. Does that make any sense? Oh, okay. Like it, for, 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 for the square footage of Queens, okay. there are more languages spoken in that, in that area, wow. in that borough than in any other region uh, in the world. That's yeah. amazing. It's, it's super, even by New York standards, it's super diverse and, and really interesting.
0: Yeah. I used to live in Astoria. Yeah, sure. In Jackson Heights. Yeah. Um, is this all Queens? This is yeah, all Queens. it's all Queens. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Jackson Heights has got great Indian food. Astoria is where my, my uh, then girlfriend, now wife, had a place before we moved out here. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's so filled with actors right now that they're calling it Actoria because it's still really? It's, it's really cheap and it's seven minutes to Midtown. You know, yeah. you're right there.
0: Yeah, because the rents really hasn't changed out in Queens like it did Brooklyn and stuff like no, that. Right? No, yeah. it
2: didn't gentrify as much as, mm. as Brooklyn did, not, not by a damn sight, no.
0: We can't we can't forget Murphy's Law, man. Murphy's Law from Queens. Well, Queens. Murphy's oh, Law. Oh, really? Queens. Yeah, uh, yeah. So many. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and so many of the um the 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 guys right before your generation of of New York hardcore were from yeah. Queens. So many of those guys were from like Elmhurst and and those places out a little further out.
0: Yeah. Sick of it all's Queens. Mm-hmm. Bioheads' Queens. Oh, mm-hmm. Leeway's Queens. um, Nuclear assault, like a lot of those other, ba- yeah. So and it's
1: bands. considered like you know the redhead stepchild. It's great. Yeah. Well, I
2: mean, I, I, Brooklyn is you know <laughs> historic, and and you know Walt Whitman was from Brooklyn, and you know it, okay, and it just, and, it... and yeah, the Bronx has the Yankees, and and uh, and Manhattan is the center of everything, and Broadway and everything, and, and Queens just doesn't get the respect it uh, it deserves. You know, like the Ramones are from Queens, and we will all probably agree that. The Ramones in their lifetime did not get the respect they deserve. And they are the perfect Queens band. (laughs)
0: 100%. That's a good point, too. Yeah. You know who's going to love that? My Joe that edits my podcast, he's from Queens. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to agree with this 100%. Um, So then you're in Manhattan. So, yeah, how's it growing up in Manhattan?
2: I mean, people ask me that all the time, and I'm never really sure how to answer it because I didn't grow up anywhere else. Um, You know, um, a little scary. Well, scary. I'm 51, so I'm there in the in the blackout of '78. Oh yeah, Uh, I'm there for you know the the. The muggings and burglaries of the 80s, I got both mugged and burglarized. Not a fan. Don't recommend it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, um. Uh, but at the same time, um, once I started getting into punk rock, it was amazing because every band came to town. You yeah. know, it was never a question like, oh, i got to get my older brother to move me, you know, to drive me two cities over. You know, it was just every band would show up. Yeah. And because I was straight edge in high school, yes. m- my parents gave me a slightly wider berth than other because they'd be like, yes, I'll be out till two AM, but I'm gonna come home smelling of just sweat. That's it. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pure as the driven snow. Mm-hmm. So let me go to the Ritz and and Duvance. see the Super Bowl of Hardcore or whatever. And uh that'll be my that'll the sort of my bargaining chip uh yeah. for my for my teen years.
0: Mm-hmm. And how'd you get into punk and and all that? Do you, have, do you have like siblings and stuff?
2: No, I don't. I I, I got into it um Initially, because I thought it was so funny, Um, and then uh, I, you know, I bought the first Ramones record at the uh, Tower Records up near Lincoln Center. Yep. You feel me?
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, And
2: uh, it, um, which is a furniture store now, I believe. But we, um, I got, I got the first Ramones record up there, and I thought the song titles. Now I want to sniff some glue. You know, uh, today your love, tomorrow the world. I was like, these are really funny. You know, and I was always, I'd always been into comedy growing up and uh i was a weird Al fan i still am a weird Al fan nice, i yeah. saw weird owl 3 nights ago at the will turn great Sick. showman great showman but um so the, so the it, initially the the humor uh uh attracted me but then you know the the yelling and the guitars and everything i was like oh yeah i'm you know i don't think i articulated it as such but like i'm a anxious kid my parents were divorced the city's fucking terrifying this is this is making my outsides feel like my insides like you know like yeah, this yeah, yeah. this sounds like the inside yeah. of my head you know yeah. it, was, it was the visual to you yeah yeah it really was you know and and all the bands we were just talking about in the living room uh you know the the, the really aggressive stuff like mdc yeah. seven seconds um i loved seven seconds because they were they were super hardcore but they were also kind of candy asses you know they really wore their hearts on their mm-hmm. sleeves you know yes. and I, I loved that about them yeah. still do yeah you know there was super a positive. Super Positive but super vulnerable, and they would talk about the importance of friendship, you know, and all this like incredibly um yeah, I keep coming back to the word vulnerable. Yeah. Um there's not a vulnerability, just not just boys' fun and man enough to care. Yes, it's
0: my favorite song. Fucking <laughs> man enough to wind. care yeah, off new talk wind. about it.
2: Man enough to care Dude. is a fucking that is a magna yes. opus, man. I love that song. Dude.
0: Especially and, when you become a dad later on in life, and just just everything. Oh really, yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. Especially now that I'm a father of a boy. Yeah, no you're the kidding. only person I ever
0: mentioned the song on this podcast. That <laughs> can't be true. Really. You know, you know, Kevin's writing lyrics out to people now. I know and he's going to do "Man Up to Care" for him. And hit him up about. Oh it. nice. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be
2: lovely to have. Because
0: growing up without a dad, and then I don't know why that song just really hit me when I was a kid. Man, that song still
2: "Man Up to Care." Well, what's interesting was that you know I I. I went to see a lot of hardcore shows in New York. I went to a lot of the matinees at Seabees. This is- um, What I turned, years? I turned 16 in 87, and okay. that's when I was able to- That's when I, I was born. Oh, okay. That's, I <laughs> didn't have to, I, I don't let that slip, but all right. I swear of got you know your fucking son said to me, by the way, as a sidebar real quick, your son, God bless him, sweet kid, came from a good place, comes up to me and man, I grew up watching you. I was like, thank you, I'm dead now. <laughs> You either die young or live long enough to hear someone say that to you. Oh, That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was raw. That shit was raw. <laughs> he, he came from such a good place. Came from such oh, a good place. God, I'm, I have no, I don't begrudge him anything. It, it was from <laughs> clearly from a place of love. But and I was that like, was him and
0: his grandma's show. Uh, oh, really? We okay. got t-shirts, everything like that. He's, he's coming home now. He's psyched. But anyway. Okay. amazing
2: um but yeah so i started going to see those uh those shows and like i i love a lot of that stuff i love a lot of that new york uh like the hard shit. stuff too yeah yeah like because i love the i i loved the my my heart belongs to the the poppier more melodic stuff Me but but the riffs of youth of today side by side these were sick guitar bands you know these were just sick guitar bands yeah and i would you know i if you if you positioned yourself close enough to the stage you were right up at it but you weren't in the pit cuz you know the stage at Seabees was at this weird angle okay. yeah, like you're it didn't the side. it didn't it didn't quite face all the way out nah. so you could kind of position yourself where like Porcel would be sweating on you but you weren't in the thick of it you know yeah. and that that was me yeah mm-hmm. there might be a photo I might be in a photo. Did I show you this photo? The, maybe the, I see
0: some side stage thing with you too, maybe. Yeah, yeah
2: there, there's a there's a shot of a of a kid with 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 wavy dark hair in a wig out of Denko shirt. I think that's me. But that from, he, the, I, he, I think that's me. He's at the yes. side of a of a youth of today because that was my fucking spot right by Dennis the Bouncer. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, but so I so I dug all that shit, but it was really macho. You know, it, it was really hard. It was really macho. Street, yeah, and it was really street, and it was um uh and you know everyone was in amazing shape, and I was like I kind of I thought we were I thought we kind of. As punk rockers, I thought we agreed that we weren't going to work out. I thought that was. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought we towards, had. I thought know, we had a deal going on. Yeah, right. I thought we thought we had an understanding here. What's with all that was the apps? whole youth crew stuff? Yeah, yeah, the youth crew shit. Those guys were fucking ripped, yeah, you know, and they. Yeah. And they'd stay shirtless, you know, and they were just like, "What are you doing?" But um, <laughs> so then, so when you had it, I, so balancing that off with stuff like Seven Seconds yeah. or the uh, or the more overtly. Um, nerdy stuff like i loved so much of some of the la and orange county bands i love the dickies okay love, oh, great. Fucking great love, band. love the dickies um we've gotten to know them over the past couple of years uh actually since the pandemic and it's yeah. um, the fact that i have stan lee in my phone blows my mind it's cool. um you know so so um it was i went to a lot of the hardcore shows it wasn't really my scene i was straight edge but i wasn't Quite as, yeah, I wasn't as, quite as angry about it, you yeah. know. Like I had, I was friends with the Deadheads at my school. I was friends with like the crust punks at my school. You know, there were there were, I was you know trying to kind of be an ambassador to, to all, I guess you know. Um, but but that those shows <laughs> were more so universal. With, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I just you know, I I I never have limited myself to like I'm just going to listen to this punk rock spoke to me in a way that other music didn't. Yes. But I would still listen to other stuff. Yeah, you know, yep. You know? yep.
0: Yeah, I was the same. Like, I was straight edge, but all my friends weren't straight edge. Like, I was friends with all the youth crew guys. I lived in the Gorilla Biscuits house in Queens, sang on that record. They changed my life, turned me vegetarian in the 80s. But, like, I wasn't just militant, just that. Like, I listened to hip-hop. I listened to everything else. I wasn't just straight edge, straight edge.
1: What's cool is hearing, like, uh, obviously, you guys both coming from the New York uh, scene. And hear you guys talk about it. And I just hear more and more and learn so much more. But it seems like everybody knows it. Whereas like I came from Arizona, we, like it wasn't we just didn't have like a scene that heavy to where like when you were like, yeah, Dennis the Bouncer. Like we right. we, don't have the, we don't have those <laughs> yeah. kind of like I don't have those kind of stories. Maybe it was just because I was going to all those shows by myself and just kind of kept to myself and probably just think I just enjoyed watching, you know, the bands. That what I what to city see. did you go to yeah. to see shows? So, like, I grew up in Mesa, okay. Arizona. But, like, yeah, Phoenix go to is Phoenix pretty for much. for the shows? Yeah, yeah for, um, for all the shows.
2: Kit, uh, this is going to seem a little indelicate. Were, was there a predominant black, Contingent at the no. punk shows. Okay. No, it <laughs> okay. It was just me. Okay. It like, right was just Lacy? Just, okay. Just, just the guy. This, the Every, guy, the guy like, with the Gallagher brothers yeah, yeah, on his yeah, shirt. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> everybody knew me. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, okay, were the, so everybody you were the You were the dentist. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You were the dentist yeah,
1: is the thing. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I, I, also maybe maybe people do have stories about like, oh I you know, I remember this Yeah, I remember she probably comedian
0: always to go to shows and mean yeah, the pit yeah, washing. Yeah.
1: There, yeah. He would flip over people in the pits. That's what I was There doing. was one yeah. black
2: punk at my school named Alvin, and I think Alvin had a tough time of it because, you know, he he because the, the New York hardcore scene could also be kind of conservative too. It could also be, these were guys from working class families in deep in the outer boroughs yeah. or Long Island or Connecticut, you know, they weren't like, Which the, is we're all working class. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the lower East side scene was not kids who lived on the lower East side. They were kids whose families were from, were from like the, and their dads were, you know, pipe fitters or bus drivers or what have you. Oh, so you okay. could, you could, there would be like, you'd occasionally hear some, some strikingly right wing rhetoric coming off of the stage sometimes. Um, so there was that conflict. And then there was the fact that, you know, the, the black punks that I knew didn't feel super comfortable in their own families in the sense of like, well, I'm off doing this own thing. You know, my family doesn't understand why I'm not really super into earth, wind and fire and I'm dating myself. I know, but, um, that's
0: That's what Derek says. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, But I, I just, I've always, I've always found that kind of be an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting dynamic is all. Yeah, I know it's it's no, super no. it's super touchy to talk talk about this stuff. But no, I'm, no, I'm no I always I
1: always think it's so interesting, and you know, especially with just coming back from uh, from uh, London, Yeah you know, to go, going out to see Liam. And one of the most interesting things that that happened to me there. So people, you know, they'd be like, oh, what, what brings you here? Obviously, they know I'm American, you know. Right. But I'm like, oh, I'm here to see Liam. And I didn't even have to say his last name. No, of course not. They just, they just, <laughs> it's a, to, to, he's got like to them. Yeah, he's uh, like other, the queen. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and people were kind of just like like caught off guard. And I thought it was going to be, they're going to say, uh, oh, another uh, you're a black guy that likes Liam Gallagher? No. They were like, oh, we didn't know people from the States liked him. The way, yeah, and then I showed them like my live forever tattoo, and then plot twist, and, and then, nice and plot then, twist. yeah, and I just I've never had that happen before to wow. where I was just seen as American first and black. That's
2: second That's amazing. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, yeah. I've
1: never, never in my life have had that, and it was kind of cool because it was just like I I literally thought that was that was going to be the conversation because I'm so used of to having that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. the fact that I didn't have to. It was just like, oh, I have a new. Conver- I'm having a new conversation. Oh, is- wow. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I like him, you know, a lot, whatever. And then when I showed the, my live, "Live Forever" tattoo, they were like, oh, you like him? Like we like him. This is amazing. So oh, it was. So it cool. was It was just cool to be perceived that way. You know, to where it just didn't have anything to do with a black dude that happens to like. They were just like, oh, people from the states.
2: Amazing. Yeah. American first. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. That's really lovely. How cool. Yeah.
1: It is, it's very interesting, cool, but it was very, very cool.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: we step out of the states. you, you know. But stuff I,
1: like, it yeah. seemed like, you know, as I watched like a lot of the New York hardcore, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I see like some of the, like the old like New York hardcore videos, mm-hmm. it seemed like there were quite a few black kids.
2: Yeah, in yeah, those yeah, yeah. There, were yeah. Ricans, there were. yeah, there um, were. It was, um, you know, there was not a ton Represented on stage, there's Chaka from Burn off the yep. top of my head.
0: Yeah. What of Chaka Malik? Yeah.
2: And um, Ginji
0: from Absolution was another one. Oh, that's
2: right. Yeah, Gingy. that's right. God, uh-huh. I forgot about Absolution. How did I forget about Absolution? Yeah. Absolution were on one of the really early matinees. I saw it at uh, at see, the first the first bill I saw. Damien from fucked up sent me the flyer one time. He found Love it online. It. Shout out to Damien. What up, Damien? Yeah, to yeah Damien. Damien's the best. But he he sent me a flyer of the first hardcore matinee I saw, which was like three New York bands and then the adolescents. Wow. Oh, and wow. and the audience, um I've told the story before, but the audience shifted where and I stayed for everybody, but the audience like the hardcore kids showed up, then they left, and all these suburban kids came in uh from like Jersey, from like nice suburbs. <laughs> They came in to see the adolescents wow. and I was just there for the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was wild, but that was the adolescents in like 87. I want to Damn. say they're touring Brats and Battalions at that point. Mm-hmm. You're not in New York yet, right? Are you still I moved in New York in 88? Okay. All right. So it's right before yeah. you grew up in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Rhode Island.
0: Born okay. in Massachusetts. went to Rhode Island. Yeah. Newport. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but that's where I grew up with the verbal assault guys. Cause I went to school with mm. Chris Jones, his brother, John Jones we went to middle school together. That's how I connected with them.
2: Oh, okay, Incredible wow. Band, right? Yeah, yeah. Incredible. I would have seen band. Verbal Assault open for Di. Uh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either Di or Dag. I saw Dag Nasty a few times. Oh, at, Sean at,
0: Brown. Well, he was he was from DC. The different.
2: Yeah, the the original. Uh, and the then original Chuck
0: star. Trace, drummer from McRad, and also oh, he, that's, he was right. An mm-hmm. uh, that's right, Underdog. Why, that's why'd right. They do shows? Uh, why did they do matinee
2: shows? Why did they do mat? I don't know. Why did they? I do just matinee? saw somebody talk
0: about it the other day. Why did it happen? Who started it? Somebody posted about it. But, I don't
2: know. So maybe, what, because the show it was, would be at, like, what? Three, three o'clock in the afternoon. I know we're missing something. It never started on time, but it was supposed to be three o'clock in the afternoon. And then they would have a late show? Have, well, the late show was the uh, audition showcase on Sunday night, so they wouldn't advertise it per se, but, like, it, they would basically put your band on, and if you could draw a crowd, then they'd move you later in the week. Yeah. So the Sunday oh, Sunday w- okay. And Sunday was not, like, it was, it was when... CB's was just like booking bands. It oh, wasn't like so showcases yeah. were only on Sundays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know we're missing okay, a key yeah, reason
0: yeah. for it too. Is somebody broke it down recently. I'm trying to think what the real specifics are. I mean, in other was. towns
2: it was because they were genuinely all-ages shows. Yeah. CB's weren't all-ages. There was a bar. You had to be 16 yep. to get in. You had to get stamped if you wanted to drink. It was yeah. a whole thing. In other towns the matinees were because, you know, we can get this VFW hall or whatever and, Yeah. and that'll but CB's was um yeah, it'd be four or five bands for 5 bucks. Yeah, man. And which even in the 80s in New York was like, wow, that's cheap. That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like even at the time, you're like, that's less than a movie. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, But uh, (laughs) yeah, it was um, I've never actually had it adequately explained to me why they did. I know there's some reason,
0: but that makes sense. All AG shows and Sunday nights and yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So you were you were in it like you were. Always at the
2: shows. I was at a lot of shows. Yeah, I wasn't always at the shows, but I just really liked it there. I just, I just love live music, you know. I, I really always have, and the that energy, and there was also a sense of, you know, horror movie danger. It really was not. I can't impress upon you enough how unsafe that building was. Okay, (laughs) your best case scenario is try to go out the back, but the back was would exit into an alley. And that was often kind of like fenced off or blocked off or the dumpsters would move or something. And God knows what you would find in an alley off the Bowery. But if you were near the stage and there was a fire, it's way too far to go out the front door. So yeah, you're gonna have to try to get out the back. There's just those two egresses at the lawn, at the either edge of this very long hallway essentially so there was a real sense of like wow this is exciting so did your parents know this part no <laughs> fuck no, fuck no. <laughs> years later when my band played there my mom came to see us at CB's God Lover, her may she rest and she showed up and she looked around the place like she basically said that she's like so I, I just let you come here I just like <laughs> I let you come to this fire trap it was
0: man and there was like a rehab center or something above where like all uh, kinds of people yeah, going in and out. Yeah, it was like a halfway out. the
2: Palace Hotel, Palace Hotel. Something. But
0: I remember being there one day when like some something happened where people were yelling at the people upstairs, and they pissed in a milk carton and they threw it down and exploded all over the ground by everybody.
2: Yeah, that's not about right. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't. Uh, they weren't um, cohabitating particularly well. The they punks weren't. and the guys upstairs. Yeah, no, it no, wasn't no, like no, a no. rehab, but it was like like a something. Halfway, I mean, they were on yeah, the Lower East Side in the 80s, so it was like you know, there's this methadone clinic over here, and there was a bunch of uh, different resources. Was that due for to people. the crack epidemic? Uh I mean mm. uh, it wasn't not due to the crack ep- epidemic you know remember <laughs> you know uh, uh, remember, uh, yeah, heroin was crack's older brother you got to remember that you know heroin had already run roughshod over the Lower East side yeah. before crack even showed up you know so there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on it's <laughs> so crazy
1: yeah. hearing all this cuz I just did not grow up in an environment yeah. like that. like the warriors
0: vibe <laughs> it was yeah. like the warriors the, the vibe Bowery was crazy yeah man there's yeah. all kinds of stuff going on down
2: there yeah yeah, the, the Warriors uh, Taxi Driver. You get the gist. Yeah, I remember so, one
0: time for some reason some random Nazi skinhead came to a show by himself, Sig Heiling, and the whole entire show it, it was pretty. I can't even talk about it. It was horrible. But the dude still kept getting up and still Sig Heiling, and he was in the middle of, of the Bowery and on the island trying to Sig Heil from the middle of the, and then just it was it was it was crazy. Oh, he man. got beat, dude. It was. That, that shit did not fly. It's, especially the bands that were playing and just everybody coming from all different boroughs. It was mm-hmm. crazy, man.
2: I remember seeing, because I saw like huge backlashes to people getting like real like capital S skinhead, not sharp skinhead, but like skinhead. I yeah, saw, yes. I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw the backlash that. to that. Yeah. But I also saw like weird shit coming. What was there? Was this one band that like got up there and was just saying awful shit one time and was not like. Their hardcore band, New York band. Yeah, God, I'm fucked if I can remember their name. Um,
0: I want to say it, but they might have to edit it because I know exactly what he's talking about. I think they won a hardcore compilation. Was it Youth Defense League?
2: YDL? It wasn't Youth Defense League, but I heard about those guys. Yeah, no, it was it was another band oh, who man. were were, you know, complaining about like, complaining about you know welfare cheats or whatever, oh, okay. one thing or another. It was a whole thing, but it was it was mostly it was just a really. It was just goofy and friendly, and it was it was it was fun down there, you know. And 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 you could end up you could strike up a conversation based on somebody's t shirt, and one hundred percent. And it would be it would be really welcoming and inclusive and these yes. are all these people who had that same experience that i did were like mm-hmm. oh this noise sounds like what's going on in my head anyway yeah let's okay you know so having yeah. that bond with strangers was really special we
0: talked about the other day like you can still see somebody right now wearing a fugazi shirt in the street in 2022 and they probably do know who fugazi is oh well so but I, then there's other certain band shirts like you buy that there do you know like it's you could always recognize somebody
2: who comes from your world but it's different
1: i though. mean if so, yeah if you see someone in a fugazi shirt yeah, most, most likely they know
2: what that is. They're very possible they made it themselves. Yeah, yeah there are no official Fugazi yeah, shirts, yeah, exactly. so it's I made very my possible. Too, that, yeah, yeah you exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. So there's
1: a there's a lot more to it. So back like, then, it was Ra- Ramones
2: in MDC—that's a little that's uh, or not uh, not MDC, MC Five. Um, you yeah. see, like Ramones, MC Five, misfits. misfits, Misfits could mean anything. Yeah, Misfits yeah, anything. could be like I like this skull picture. Yeah, but yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but back then, you're right. You saw somebody connected a conversation, or yeah, yeah, yeah. It was neat. So
2: through so through all
1: that, like you know. You're, I know Toby's experience of the, the New York hardcore, but you know, hearing that you experienced like you know similar stuff and seeing all the crazy stuff, how did you keep us strong? Like, I mean, you seem like you pretty, you know, well mannered and and just. Uh, you, you, I seem like I, a seem good like guy. I have my not, shit not together. Like, not, yeah, like you got your shit together. Well, I'm an
2: actor, so I'm I'm acting like I have my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big part of it. Because um, like, cause,
1: cause, like hearing you guys talk about this stuff, it sounds so crazy, and I just never experienced anything like that. And I think when a lot of times when you when that is just a, something you see all the time, because you said you were going to shows all the time, right? So, well, no,
2: here's the thing, though. You know, yes, there was some crazy shit, and I and there were some people who were who were using really hard drugs. And yeah. there were people who went from being straight edge to using really hard drugs. And there nice. was a lot of stuff going on. And then there was the whole Krishna core thing, which is a separate podcast unto itself. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Shelter. But um, but, you know, there's that old adage that uh, punks are nice people pretending to be mean and hippies are mean people pretending to be nice. I've, I saw that. Yes. Illustrated I've never heard that before. again it's, 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 and wow. again and again. And again, you know, these were a lot of badass guys who had tattoos before it was even legal in New York City. True. And but they were pussycats, man. They were real. Ultimately, they were they were good guys. And, you know, if you fell down, you would get picked up, you know. Um, OK. You know, or if you if your glasses flew off repeatedly. Let's just say hypothetically that happened to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> they'd help you find your glasses, and maybe they wouldn't be in one piece, but they'd help you find them. That's you true, know? You know, And, and I, I got to tell this to the guys in Field Day when we saw them at Punk Rock Bowling. When I was 17 or so, I saw Dag Nasty do a show there, and it was fucking... They were they were a powder keg. They were so... Brian Baker. It's, it's the Peter Kortner uh, mm-hmm. lineup. Love that
0: lineup too, man. Yeah.
2: And it, I think they were touring off Field Day and um you know somebody backed into me and my glasses dropped and they were gone they were just you know they, they cut my cheek a little bit and my friend went over took me over to Nasty, and he wanted to interview them anyway but he's like hey yeah we'd like to interview you for my zine uh, my friend kind of got tossed around a little bit in the van in the in the pit and Nasty was like oh yeah here come come into the van come just sit in the van with us and just to like having been knocked about, like actually physically knocked about at the show and then had this safe place with the band I was there to see. Yeah. Like my friends who were into top 40 did not get that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, there was a level.
2: Yep. And so, so, you know, the reason I'm not super fucked up is because, you know, there was actually a great deal of kindness in the scene 100%, and a great deal of people you idolize. Yeah. 100%. You know, and there's a great deal of inclusiveness. In, Equal in, to in, the band. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. 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 And there was no and this is what finally gave me the courage to go into acting. It all kind of connects is that I had seen the line between performer and audience be so porous over the years mm-hmm. that when it became time for me to like kind of reassess my life and decide if I wanted to go start studying improv and get headshots and make all those big, big steps, I was like, well, no, if the if the performers can talk to the audience, then the audience can get up there too, which also was a thing that happened at CB's. So they would get up on stage all the time, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and it was, it all kind of connects like there's no way I do what I do now. Getting up and talking to in front of people, acting, auditioning, any of that stuff, without having gone to all those punk shows, yeah, it all kind of connects. Okay,
0: yeah, I love that. I love that, and, and just like be and those those places, the shows they seem crazy and violent from the outside, but it was like a community and a family, and it was all the people coming from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and. Being together under this music, you know, these messages you can't hear on the radio. You can go up to the singer from Nasty; He's at the merch booth after they play. Uh-huh. Like all that stuff mm. is amazing, man. Yeah,
2: and just like listening to, do you remember the False Prophets? Yeah. The False Prophets were not a hardcore band. They were kind of a straight-ahead punk band, but they were super political, mm-hmm. really fucking intensely political, and they had this this bonkers lead singer named <laughs> Stephen, Stefan. I'm not sure. What was his name? George Tabb played guitar for them for a little while. George from Furious George. And they were, you know, singing these aggressively political songs, you know, in the beginning, man created God. And, you know, to have that thrown (laughs) at you, you know, all your buddies are listening to Duran Duran and Howard Jones, for whom I've got nothing but love. But to have that shit thrown at you when you're 14 or 15 years old is like, whoa, there's a whole new world out there. You know, this wasn't like this wasn't the sort of like poetic politics of of Bob Dylan. This was something much more in your face. The Much, Kennedys too, man. Oh, yeah, the fucking Kennedys. Oh yeah. my god, oh my she god. Just think
0: about back then happening still now, just everything, man. It's dude, the the
2: the the stuff in the 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 way, and I, I the way they talk about cushy northeastern liberals in holiday in Cambodia has just is just as true as it ever was, you know. Dude, wow. And the way they. Um, the stuff in in Trust Your Mechanic, off blast yeah. surgery disasters. You know, they, uh, those songs are masterpieces. Soup is good
0: food. Everything. Soup is
2: good food is a oh, powerful song for me. Now, soup is good food. I've got a book coming out in the fall, right? Okay. And soup is good food is quoted directly in the book. Okay. And I can quote the first verse from memory because it, <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme. It's just like it's a guy getting fired. Basically, it's his boss telling him he's being fired, and it's. It's, it's just brutal. It's just late stage capitalism, but they're singing about it in 1986. I know, man. It's fucking wild. Yeah. That's off the Frankenchrist record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I even know, I like government, Jerry Brown, like who the hell is this Jerry? I know nothing about politics until that band.
2: And, and the thing about <laughs> Jerry Brown is that Jerry Brown was a centrist Democrat. You know, mm-hmm. he, we've had worse governors, no question, but they were like, they're attitude towards sherry brown was like don't think because this guy dates linda ronstadt that he's automatically one of the cool guys okay (laughs) just be (laughs) fucking careful here okay yeah this is you know fascism is going to come with a smile be careful and that's what i mean like it wasn't just like fuck reagan which is fine fuck reagan great but there was a real sense of like critiquing the left as well yeah both Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah in in a way that is not tidy and isn't necessarily going to make you feel good about your convictions, yeah. and it's going to call you into questioning everything. Yeah. And that was what was so valuable about the Kennedys.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy how in in tune some of those bands were with that. Because yeah, you you like like an outsider would look at these guys, you know, someone that's not of the punk rock world, and they'd be like, "Who? What? What, what the fuck is this guy talking about?" But they were just so in tune. With a lot of those, like a lot of that stuff politically, yeah, to where you're like, damn, like whoa. And then, and then when you hear some of those lyrics today, too, you're like,
2: and they still make sense, and they
1: still make so much fucking sense. I
0: see punks off all that shit. It's just all like, that shit. yeah, but people wouldn't give them the time of day because, oh, they call the dead Kennedys, they're punk rock, they go crazy on stage, but lyrically, it was like
2: yeah well i mean that name is parent repellent i mean that stuff was dead kennedy's like my father was a died in the war republican even he was like ooh. Uh, <laughs> i remember there's there's this interview
1: when, when someone asked jello uh it was like early early on obviously that they were like uh why the name dead kennedy's he goes why not <laughs> yeah. no seriously i mean it is such like yeah. i
2: mean you you it, it it gives you two reactions. You either just go running in the other direction, or uh-huh. you're like, "All right, I'm curious. What are you guys singing about? What does this sound like?" <laughs> you know. Um, and it was, yeah, th- those guys were were just mind blowing yeah. for a high schooler. Yeah. Side
1: side note: Do y'all remember when he was? I think he was on Oprah.
2: Oh, uh, Joe, Joe yeah, with Tipper Gore. Yeah, with Tipper Gore. Yeah, he was going hard on that's that. That's very, very impressive that someone born in 1987 remembers that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's, that's this Deep is, dive Lacey. Deep yeah. dive Lacey, no <laughs> shit. Were your parents no kind of tripping
0: on the music you went like to? I know she was the new straight edge and you were safe going there, but what, did they want something different for you in your life?
2: No, they, they were, you know, I got to give them, my dad was, was fairly dismissive, you know, because my parents were, you know, were not boomers. They were silent generation. They were born in 1937, 1942, respectively. So there's a, um, there's not like, you know, they didn't go through the summer of love. They were already in their thirties, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was not a real sense of even like, quote unquote, rock music being their thing necessarily, you know? Yeah. They liked, they liked, um, they didn't hate, You know, Elvis, they didn't hate Buddy Holly, but it wasn't, you know, my dad was already out of high school by the time, my dad was in the workforce by the time the Beatles came to America. Okay. My dad's in the workforce. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's from a generation where like your childhood is fucking over at 18. Your childhood is fucking that. I hope you enjoyed it. You're Mm -hmm. fucking done. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Playtime is fucking over. Start drinking and start drinking hard. So, so there, so, so there was a lot of rock in general that just kind of eluded them. So, this was a degree apart from that. Having said that, yeah, my mom in particular could be remarkably open minded and would kind of sit down with me sometimes and, you know, do the things you're supposed to do as a parent. Like, okay, well, what, what, what is it that you like about this? What is it that, and, and, you know, I, I could, I could appeal to her sense of humor like the dickies have a song called she's a hunchback it's about falling in love with somebody's a hunchback you know and and uh and and the 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 silliness of the ramones i think you know they they responded to that so like they didn't you know they you know you you weren't going to catch my parents in the pit but they weren't um (laughs) they weren't like the stereotypical conservative parents like no son of mine and not in this house young man you know they were they were all things considered pretty chill and again when i was in a punk band of my own in my 20s my mom would come see us a lot. God bless her. She would come wow. see us a lot. And one time she helped me not carry, but roll my amp out of the uh, of Seabees really? after, after a show. God love her. She did. Yeah. The band was called was, Egghead? We we're called Egghead. Yeah.
0: Is that before Egg Hunt?
2: Uh, it is after Egg Hunt, and the reason <laughs> we—pillhead—is it we,
0: mix between Egg Hunt and Pillhead? It wasn't. No, okay. um, it was just—it was
2: just a good name for three guys who all had oh, it's a great name, corrective yeah. lenses. Um, <laughs> the reason we—I uh, I thought about Egg Hunt, but I was like, you know, it's two songs. <laughs> Egg Hunt put out one seven-inch. That's all it is. Pillhead too. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. With Ministry. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, good point. Good point. But yeah, and I love I love that egg seven inch. I love that Amazing, egg on seven inch. And and the first time I learned to play um uh We All Fall Down on Bass, I felt like a fucking superhero. But um yeah, there was no correlation. It just seemed like a fun uh name for the kind of geeky punk we were yeah. playing. And uh it, it, it fit.
0: Were you in college then when that band started?
2: Uh the first version, my senior year, but then I was in my twenties in New York and we were we were playing uh, Bills in, you know, would have been around the time H2O was starting out, but we were just as in as different tracks as we possibly could have been. Yeah. We were doing like our best shows were at the Continental.
0: I know Continental, yeah. Yeah. Contents you know, divide. which
2: which would do a lot of um, they would do a lot of like goofy, sloppy punk shows. It'd be us and the Sea Monkeys, us in Furious George, okay. us and um, maybe
0: Trigger the work the door with the
2: hat. Sure, 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 wow. sure, sure. Um, and there was a, a sign over the over the bar that that uh, made it very clear that if you called out Freebird, you'd be ejected from the club. And <laughs> I didn't see anybody test that shit. Nobody <sighs> tested that shit.
0: So, what, what are you doing at the time you have the band? What was your goals? Like, you graduated college. Were you working? What were you doing? At that Well, I, I went
2: to college to be a high school teacher, and I did that for wow. exactly one year, and it broke me like a twig. Wow. And I um, I went back to my old high school and taught there, but I was twenty two. I had topped off at five foot eight. <laughs> no change on that front. say so. I remain five foot eight. And um, so like, you know, there's these 10th grade girls who are towering over me and they're pregnant. And it was just like one thing after another. <laughs> it was just a lot, you know, and I was starting to come to terms with the fact that I had like some sort of depression, anxiety disorder that we weren't quite labeling. But mm-hmm. I would take things very hard, you know, mm. like like a lot of teachers were were able to keep a very even keel and um and sort of just roll with it and you know if you've reached a couple of kids you're doing a good job you know and but i had this whole like i have to come in and save the world attitude mm. which was not healthy and not productive and not true and um so you know i would i would have parent teacher conferences and like four or five parents would show up of the wow. you know ninety or so kids I was responsible for, and that would really depress me. Uh, that yeah. would really shatter me. And then at the end, uh, and everyone else was like, "Yeah, no, a lot of parents just don't show up," you know. And I just couldn't get my head around it, you know. And yeah. um and it's around that time that I stopped being straight edge. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you straight and edge most
0: of your whole life until
2: then? I was straight edge. I was yeah. You've I was, I was crucified to the X until like twenty two. Um, and then, uh, literally that night of that parent teacher conference, my old art teacher, who is now my colleague was like, let's go have a drink. And I was like, fuck yes. Let's go have a drink. (laughs) Absolutely. Mr. Kelly. Oh, Stefan, I'll call you Stefan. That's great. Let's do this. (laughs) So I went and got just fucking polluted first time and drinking. Wow. first time getting drunk i'd had like a couple sips here and there but yeah. I'd, I'd um first time getting like capital d drunk and <laughs> and also you know you're 22 you bounce back have you you've been straight your whole life yeah okay so you bounce back from a 22 year old drunk pretty quickly you know okay, it's yeah. it's it's a coke and two advil and you're right as rain you know yeah so um <laughs> so so it became a hobby and then it became a little bit more of a thing. And now I'm straight edge again. I've, I've, I've I've eclipsed over about 20 years of stuff there, but, um, (laughs)
0: Did you end up going off the rails, like, partying like crazy? No, I, mean, I,
2: never went like, I never went, like, super hardcore. And I've still never done any of the hard stuff, because that shit genuinely... Because I loved booze so much that I was like, oh, I think the hard stuff would be really... Uh, cocaine sounds amazing. I don't want any part of it, because I'll get really... Yeah. It's super fucking expensive. I'm bad with money anyway, and it's going to make me feel like a giant for three hours? Yeah, that sounds like a really bad combination.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing I need is to spend a ton of money to, to in order to chase this invincibility. Um, but yeah, so I was bouncing around and, and I got laid, I didn't quit. I got laid off at the end of that year of teaching and was like, you know, I just don't feel like I'm ready to grow up yet. I want, yeah. I want to get the band started again. And everybody was down in the city at the time in New York and we just started playing out and we, we put out a couple seven inches and it was a good, like four or five year run. Um, were you working too? Just... I was temping, doing God. a lot of, a lot of temp work, a lot of, um, uh, corporate executive assistant yeah. stuff and, but you know, no
0: thought of acting at that time
2: nothing that i talked about yeah i had a deep you know a deep um desire to try it but it's a scary uh, i don't know why it was scarier than admitting i wanted to be in a band but it was yeah, yeah yeah you know i think because you know if you're in a band you're automatically cool if you're an actor you're a fucking theater dork you know and (laughs) and, and, you know what i mean you know like i'm in a punk band that's awesome you're in a punk band what's cooler than being in a punk band i'm an actor in new york city yeah all right great can we just take the check thank you (laughs) so yeah it was um it i i didn't I, i harbored secret interest and I kept going I would go to see a lot of theater and I'd go yeah. see a lot of comedy and I mm-hmm. go see a lot of improv and stand up and I was constantly looking at what was working and what wasn't yeah watching it with a critical eye and then when the band broke up, and my anxiety finally really fucking caught up with me, and I was like, "I'm fucking miserable." I'm my, my day job is now my job. I'm on am yeah. on a career track at a consulting firm. I don't know what the fuck happened here, but yeah. <laughs> you know. And um, I started taking improv classes at uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah, so gonna and be uh, and 1999, uh, 98, yeah. 98, okay, 98 is when I started there. And just felt really comfortable really quickly. And then got really lucky because it was the early days of that theater. It was very easy to get stage time. They yeah. were just trying to kind of fill the week, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like when I when it closed before the pandemic, you had to, like, audition for this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And it was very, very hard to get up on stage. But back in my day, um, <laughs> it was um, – they were just like, yeah, we just got to put stuff on stage. We just got to try stuff out. And, you know, it was really – it was – it was really much more punk. It was really much more like, we're just kind of making this up as we go along. Yeah. We're figuring out what works. We're figuring out what doesn't. None of us know what we're doing. It was the it was the comedic equivalent of having, like, the notes written on the neck of your bass, you know? like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it was, it was yeah. that kind of scrappy and DIY. Uh-huh. And if you weren't doing stuff there, then you were maybe you were booking spaces in the back of a bar or something like that. There's all sorts of like weird little performance opportunities. And I just started to feel real comfortable. And then, you know, it just kind of snowballed. An agent saw a bunch of us. We started getting sent out for commercials. Some of us started booking those commercials and it, it just kind of went from there. Wow. So so
1: would you say, uh, I'm this door It's getting hot in here. Are you good? So would you say that like pretty much cured or, you know, helped you climb out of that, uh, depression?
2: Um, it, it, you know it didn't I, i'm going to i'm going to be living with some form of depression and anxiety for the rest of my life but it um, it it takes away the it uh, let me let me phrase this properly here cuz
1: i cuz i only asked that cuz you know due to personal experience you know I, I remember there was a point in time you know I, I, my brother had passed away in 2013 and i stopped doing comedy i was i started i started doing stand up in 2010 I stopped doing comedy after my brother passed away because I was just like I don't feel like making people laugh. Of course. And then God, I'm so sorry. And, and then a 20, I want to say 2015. I was just like, just I was like, why don't you just take an acting class? You oh know? yeah. It's like it's not stand up. It's like you know, there's no pressure to like making anyone laugh. It's just acting. You yeah. Know? Like well, why don't you take an acting class? And that I would say you know helped me climb out of this thing. It was one one of many things. It wasn't the, solely the only thing but it was it was definitely a big you know impact onto what helped me climb out of that uh this obviously mental battle that was going through you know for so long
2: it definitely helped me climb out of that particular spell of depression it definitely helped me because i started to do something that i was good at and it came with this sort of instant community. It came yeah. with a scene. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, it was a scene in every sense of the word. There was some competition. There was some gossip. But there was also yeah. a sense of of camaraderie mm-hmm. and a shared understanding of things. And um, uh, I have some very... Very dear friends from from, from that it. whole from yeah. that community that I'm still really really good and I met my my girlfriend who is now my wife and my baby mama awesome. uh, through UCB so it's been very very good to me oh that door makes all the difference it feels yeah, so nice in that. here yeah, no so, it's fine yeah. I didn't even realize how hot it was until I you know. made it cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, uh, but um, yeah generally speaking it's just nice to be um, good at something that is my career now yeah yes. and um, you know, and I, you know, it, it's it's a career in the arts. It's not yeah. necessarily going to keep you depression free. You know, you are going to have your lumps I, and your you, your lows. I
1: guess for me, it just really helped me uh, take myself out of a uh, reality for a second and, and learn this thing that I've never done before, and learn it in a way like a, it's all, it's making it almost like rewired my brain in a sense. Uh-huh. And, and obviously, through a lot of acting, you know, you know, whatever character you are portraying a lot of that character does come from something within you know the individual self yeah. uh-huh. so a lot of times i was doing these you know characters and you know playing these roles or you know or just just scenes that of movies that have already existed right and um, so I'm just curious. Like, I got like I'm like, oh, did he feel that same way? Because I do. Ju- well, you just can, hear can your work transition. through a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, you can end up not so much when you're doing commercials, but if you're doing work in like actual characters, be it in a scene study class or in or in TV, you can find yourself working through some stuff. You can find yourself, you know, summoning the stuff that's bothering you, and you know, your character is tearing up, but really it's you, you yeah. know, and yeah. and you're getting a is good cry out of it, and there oh, is yeah. something very you know, and I'm not saying you have to use this as therapy and I'm not saying you should always bring your personal shit into the workplace. No, 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I think there, if you strike a balance, yeah, it can be very, very healthy and very, and it, it gives you at its best, it can give you a, a heightened sense of empathy for the shit that other people are going yeah. through, you know, yeah. you know, but the, what's specifically great about standup when it goes well is that real sense of like, this is me. This is my stuff. This is, these are the things I've noticed that are hopefully idiosyncratic enough that you haven't noticed it, but you recognize their truth, yes, right? Yes. And this is me like dilute, trying to dilute stand-up down to just a few sentences. Like, I've noticed this thing. <laughs> you haven't noticed it yet, but you have, and I'm going to point it out, yeah, yeah, and yeah. now we're all laughing. And <laughs> when that works, that's got to be amazing. Uh-huh. That's got to give you a oh, sense yeah, of there's community. Such a, there's such a
1: beauty to it. Um, even, when, even, when you, even when you don't land a joke, I still think there's so much beauty in that because I've seen people like, well, even for myself, you know, I, where I've done a joke where it's just not working and it all of a sudden it just continues. Like you just don't give up on it and it continues yeah. to grow, it grows. And all of a sudden it's just like the crowd erupts whenever, right. <laughs> whenever you do the joke. Right. So right. it's like you like that's the beauty of stand up is that it's not so forgiving. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. And when it goes poorly, you're up there by yourself. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. by yourself and everyone the eyes are just on you and it's like it's I mean, it feels like your soul's getting punched. My my, my <laughs> wife
2: had a very brief career in stand up where she went very, very high and then collapsed where she like she started to do stand up <laughs> in o2 right after we moved out here. Okay. And she very very quickly got on to montreal jfl got, yeah yeah, got, yeah. To, got to the new mm-hmm. faces at the just for laughs festival it's in a montreal big deal, right? yeah, a yeah. i did it in 2019 so okay. yeah but in 02 they were still handing out like development yeah, d- deals development deals to people yes. who, it's different who now, who but... now it's it, it's not it won't it's not the kingmaker process that it was okay. back yeah. then but she goes up there and she's got like a solid five that's it oh <laughs> <laughs> not five and then some b cuts that she can pull out an emergency she has five minutes and she gets out in her first bit dies a thousand deaths oh and she has and, and like she goes backstage and she's got another show to do later that night and the host is like i would lose that first bit and she's like that's, that takes me down to three minutes i don't know what i'm gonna do oh, <laughs> oh, wow. so, so like she it was a it was a shaky experience for for her but But when it goes well and yeah, you get those moments where because there's the guys who just do really solid one liners and that's amazing. But the guys who are more story based have to have a little more patience in themselves and their audience Mm -hmm. and build a little bit and um and yeah sometimes it, the audience isn't quite sure what's going on at first but if you can pay it off that's got to be the most satisfying yeah. thing in the world mm-hmm. yeah that's like building to a crescendo or a key change in a song yeah it's a very similar muscle you'll mm-hmm. find you get the same kind of high from like oh this was kind of quiet and then we suddenly build in boom here's the fucking chorus you know yeah. <laughs> and they're it really it they're, they're 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 similar muscle groups
0: yeah i was about that too. like playing a song out to a crowd nobody really gets it first time playing playing more and more playing shows, and then they would the, know the song yeah. and sing along to it, and then it becomes. And there's uh,
1: there's been times where like a song that you guys like, you are like we're we're gonna go out and do this song tonight, and then crowd so like the it. crowd just doesn't like it. Or opposite, do you have those kind of songs? Yeah,
0: like a song we don't want to play, then we finally play it, and the crowd loves it. That <laughs> happened in the last run when Max said, "Let's play this song." Like maybe it was like, "I see this or something." The crowd went crazy. We haven't played it in years because we thought, "Oh yeah, you just you no, know, you don't really know." Have to, yeah, I have
2: to make a confession. Yeah. I don't feel good about this, but I'm doing it on the air because I want to be held accountable. <laughs> I took off before your set at Punk Rock Bowling, and oh, here's why. Okay. I'm so sorry. I went there to see. My buddy was first on the bill. My buddy, Monty, from DFL. You okay, must, yeah, you yeah, must yeah, know yeah. Monty from Oh, DFL. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Monty Messick's Punk Rock grandfather. Great guy. I, I saw him. He melted my goddamn face. it was quiet, like, mild-mannered guy. Works for the city. Talks like this all the time. Shreds. Gets up there, fucking <laughs> absolutely melts my goddamn face off. But it started to get real crowded in a real small room. Oh, I was, yeah, yeah, And it was uh, September. It was between waves, but it was Nevada, and people were pretty loosey-goosey with the masky-masky. Yeah. And I was just like, I fuck. And I felt awful because your son had been so cool, and you had been so cool. Yeah. And I was like...
3: I get the fuck out of here i'm so sorry i'm so weird. sorry
2: i want to pull and i like you guys a lot you guys were because again you guys were you guys and gorilla biscuits were like the hookiest bands out of new york hardcore wow, you guys you, had man. like the like you guys had the melodies that 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 were because i like a loud guitar and a pop hook you put those two things together you own me and okay. and you I, so i dig your shit a lot so it was a real bummer but i wanted to confess thank that no, uh, on mic. We might play. We might do a
0: show with his band soon in LA. You know, like. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Great. I've since then. I have had COVID and I've gotten my second booster, so I'm fucking okay. flushed with antibodies. Let's party! <laughs> I will see you fuckers in the pit. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, because you might play a record store. Actually, it's gonna be really tight. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Which one? Are
2: you playing That one in? Um... Program. Oh no! What's program? It's That's where, an, where uh, is it at? Uh, Fullerton. Oh fuck! I don't know this place at all. There's a. There's another. There's like a. Oh, what is it called? Oh, there is one out here. Somebody tell me the other is Is it day? out like, here? Yeah, it's in yeah. like Eagle Rock or something. Oh Christ! Oh, yeah. band, bands uh, play there. Uh, oh yeah, Permanent Records. Is that what it is? What's, per, oh, what's, Permanent what's Records? it called? Permanent Records. Maybe. Is that it? There's one hmm. where there's like a there's like a a record store with a space in the back, like a okay. stage in the back. Anyway, but yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see you guys. I I've been to a record store show in fucking forever. Let's it, do it, this. it might be. But looks I'll like go, a, it, look, I'll, it looks
1: like a black box theater, doesn't it? The, the, the space in the back?
2: No, it looks like an extension of the record store. Oh, no. Um, no, no. So we're, we're thinking of something else. But yeah. I'll go to Fullerton. I'll fucking totally go. I'm, to I'm Fullerton. trying
0: to find one in LA that's like a little bigger and yeah. more than 50 people can fit in there. Especially if I do a free show like us together, it'd be super fun. Yeah, what, are yeah.
2: the, what are the small venues in, in LA now? I have been to a small I think show. Echo in is well. pretty
0: small. Echo and yeah. Silver Lake? Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't played it know. Yeah, I, I haven't.
2: Well, the, there's the Highland Upstairs Park. Echo and the Downstairs one. Yeah. The Downstairs one's a little bigger. People are playing the Lodge Room a lot, but they're doing more indie stuff than punk.
0: Okay. And um, Highland Park has a couple spots,
2: too. Do you remember Mr. T's Bowl before it was the fancy uh, bowling place? How well, long How have you been in L.A.? 2001. Okay, so right around then, around the aughts, there was a bowling alley on Figueroa that is still a bowling alley, but now it's like a fancy candle pin bowling alley with artisanal pizza. It used to be Jeez. a shithole. Um, called Mr. T's Bowl, and they had a space back there. And I sat in with some friends. Um, and I'm friends with these guys, uh, the Kung Fu Monkeys. Um, and not Lost Kung Fu Monkeys, the Kung Fu Monkeys. <laughs> Two different bands. Don't get me started. Anyway, I, I, I sat in with those guys a couple times, and um, we might have even... That that used to be a really cool venue in yeah. back when like back frankly when Hancock Park was like the queens of L. A. It know, was right yeah before it was all like vegan eateries and again you know non corporate coffee shops which <laughs> yeah. that's the end you know there go the rents. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you miss New York?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my family's yeah, my parents are gone. Um, it's impossible to be middle class there. I still have some friends. I have two friends who live in Brooklyn who are who have been dating each other for years, but don't want to give up their individual apartments because, and they can't really afford to pool their resources. And I'm like, guys, Jersey city, Newark, bite the fucking bullet, get out of there guys. Stop, stop insisting you've got to live in Brooklyn. Yeah. If you're listening to this guys, and I know you are, the guy is definitely listening. The girl might not be, (laughs) dude, Newark, (laughs) Newark is different. Newark, no, shut up. Newark is not what it used to be. Newark is home talking.
0: of carjacking. That's where they kicked off. I hope you know that. It was carjacking
2: in Newark New Jersey what about man. as what about where's the place No, no, at? Newark used to be the capital yeah, carjack back in the, capital. back in the day oh back in the day was, was the capital of yeah. car no it's it, no it was, it was, asbury
0: park is it, beautiful now too yeah
2: that, that's the place where I was like I yeah. don't feel
1: like I'm in Jersey Dude, I'm,
0: asbury park is so different man well you get, he, well, he, you get he,
1: down, he, down to the shore and that's a whole so, different I tell I'm all these stories about the New York so I'm like ready to see it and I'm like
0: wait what is this
2: you love side side well is a fucking John Varvatos now so I mean you know yeah if you if you're into a $500 suit then you know where I lost my glasses
0: Remember Coney Island High? Loved Coney Island That's High. That's like a Chipotle now with something, something. No. Yeah, that man. was a great
2: space. Amazing venue. Man. And we, great we played oh, okay. We opened for the Dickies there one yeah. time, actually, on their 20th anniversary <laughs> tour. Um we um God, we played a bunch of great fucking bills at, at Coney Island High. Great. There were spot. two there were two spaces. There was a smaller one upstairs and a and a larger one downstairs. Yeah. We played both. That place was great, and I don't know why it's tempting to just be like, ah, Giuliani, but I don't really know why it closed because it seemed to be doing great business. I'd heard a rumor they were they were serving underage kids, but mm. that was never corroborated. Wait, what I, place was it? This it was, was called Coney Island High, okay. but it was on St. Mark's Place. It was nowhere near Coney Island. Oh. <laughs> I think yeah. it was yeah.
0: Jesse Mallon and the Degeneration guys were part of that
2: That's venue right. too. Well,
1: That's why do I feel right. Like every time you guys say Coney Island High, I feel like you guys are playing a... High school auditorium. No, oh. I know
2: everyone. Everyone would and people would be like, "How are you fucking going to get all your equipment up to?" Come? I'm like, no, no, it's just it's a street. Did you ever hear the
0: rumor that uh, Bono was going to buy and help CBGBs? That he was with Joey Ramone on his deathbed. They were oh. really close, and he was going to supposedly. I don't know what happened. There's rumors that Bono was going to save CBGBs. Oh wow! Back then, I don't know if it's true. Well,
2: they dedicated the street just north of, yeah. of CB's to Joey Ramone. Yeah, but the sign keeps getting stolen.
0: It does. <laughs> I used see him walk her.
1: I used to talk. I They'll tell probably him.
2: have
0: to raise it up.
2: Yeah, yeah, We used yeah. to see
0: Joey walk around all the time. streets all the time.
2: All the time. There's walk this walking by and you, could, oh, he, he, and you could talk to him yeah. and he would not shake your hand, but you could talk to him and yeah. he was gracious. Really? Oh yeah, you could not you could see Johnny walking around the street. Don't talk to Johnny, but you could see <laughs> you could see you could see Joey walking around the street and it was like, you know, he's this 6 foot 7 god. And you could go there? up to him and just you say hey, you could go Joey. up and say hey, I love your work and you'd see him walking around with like when Stan from the Dickies was in town and yeah. see the two of them walking around all the time. You'd see him walking around with Jesse from D Generation. Uh, right along St. Mark's Place cuz he had a place on 9th I yep. want to say, right? Yep. I yeah, think his he...
0: mom and his brother have it now or one of them passed or somebody has it. Yeah. I yeah, the that. mom
2: just passed. Mickey's still uh Mickey still kicking around. Mickey was in a band called Stop that we used to play with occasionally really? in the 90s. Stop? Is that right? Is that wow, right? man. But Mickey um mm-hmm. Lee. Mickey, Mickey Lee was the name he went by. Yeah.
0: Wow. I never yeah. met him. Did he look like him?
2: Um a little bit. You know, yeah, you could. Yeah. You could. If, if you'd had to be told they were brothers, but once you were told, you're like, "Oh, I see it." Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was that kind of thing. You know?
3: <laughs> wow. Okay. That's
1: that. That is the beauty. You, I mean, you brought this up earlier. The beauty of, uh, you know, the hardcore and punk rock world totally. is that literally, like, someone you idolize. They were not rock stars. Th- yeah. No. It was just man. like, yeah, I'm a yeah. human
2: too. The closest thing we had to a rock star was Joe Ramone, he was still approachable. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, that was a very very important part of the the music and the community was that real sense of accessibility. And meanwhile, you're looking yeah. at Joey Ramone. Yeah, I lived. So uh, yeah, crazy. me and
0: my wife lived above the Irish pub. Um, I think it's on Tenth Street. Or, I'm gonna need
2: just a little more. Um, <laughs> it's like
0: between third, second and third. It's a famous Irish pub. Uh, It's like a block or two This way So what would that be Like 7th Street We lived on Oh McSorley's
2: Yes Oh okay So McSorley's (laughs) Is so Irish How Irish is it it's <laughs> so Irish that in the corner they had a picture a huge picture like the size of these cabinets of Jack Ruby uh shooting uh Lee Harvey Oswald no <laughs> yes! oh, a, <laughs> that's how Irish that place was that they no were celebrating way. the death of the guy who killed Kennedy so wow. I, no and it, it was within my lifetime they started letting women drink there that place was old school oh <laughs> they were like <laughs> that, that place was old fucking St. school. St. Patrick's Day was
0: horrible on that school. Oh, that place
2: was fucked up. And I'm up. part
0: Irish, too. But Rollins was dating Kennedy from MTV and she lived on my block. So I see Rollins walking
2: by all the time. Really? The Rollins house. was dating Kennedy just so they could argue about politics? I don't know. That's man. fascinating. <laughs> yeah, just always down. That's a well-kept punk rock secret. I don't think I ever knew that. Rollins dated I think Kennedy.
0: I, I only think I knew that because of you. I, yeah. One time I yelled when I left black flag and looked up and whatever. And do do you remember watch- Some Records?
2: Yeah. Okay, so Some Records was across Tara Shevchenko Place. Which was that one little one block. It okay. Was, uh, and it was downstairs across Some from records. McSorley's, right? Yeah. And that place was like a punk rock speakeasy. Mm-hmm. All they sold was hardcore and punk rock. Yep. It, you That was another place where you're like, I, we shouldn't be in here, should we? This isn't safe, right? And it yeah. was, you went down into the basement. There was like one tiny little sign. It was very much like you had to know. You yeah, know, it's you cool. had to, cool it was kind of yeah. cool, but it was also kind of scary. But you had to know literally it. underground, yeah, yeah, literally fucking underground.
0: I used to love that going to record stores, looking at records and thank you lists, and see the T shirts of the bands are wearing, and check out those bands, and that's how you found yeah. other music. That's, that's,
1: that's true. That's the that's where my deep dives come from. Yeah,
2: no, it's really true. Yeah, we when a band would be photographed wearing another band's shirt. That would set off this wonderful domino effect. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it also it's interesting because I remember very specifically we were talking about the New Wind record earlier, yes. and that's the one where Steve started wearing his Metal shirts, and I was like, oh, maybe I should give Metal another shot. Mm. Maybe I should give these Slayer guys another shot because the guys from Seven Seconds like Slayer. Maybe I should stop being a snob and, and check these guys out. <laughs> okay. That's literally what my thought process was because he was wearing a Slayer shirt yeah. on the ins, on the pullout for on the lyric sheet for and then New opposite Wind. Opposite
0: of that, they they. St- Kevin started growing his hair and listening to U2, and they put U2 on a thank you list. Yep. I got into U2 because of seven seconds.
2: Did you really And That's Kevin so... started
0: singing more in those records Praise and Ourselves and uh-huh. So Force Revolution. I loved all those records. I love the first hardcore records, but I love when a band, I don't know, I love when he started singing more. Well, New People Wind is fun it, because though.
2: it's a half-half record, you know. They got it's... a lot of shit for that, though. They man. got a ton of shit for that. Wait, yeah. what's re- New Wind. Was... And you love all oh, the yeah. songs off there, yeah. Yeah. What? People I hated that yeah. people hated that record you gotta understand I at know. the time though they were coming off of a straight four card four chord loud fast rule thing you know the album yeah. right before that is walk together rock together right yeah and then so the next thing they come out with mm-hmm. is single notes on the guitar not chords not chords, single, single notes, notes. Yeah. heresy i'm actually <laughs> i'm actually glad, songs are beautiful, I'm actually glad that
1: I heard it more so now because he, he he would always talk to me about seven seconds and it was one Favorite of those bands man. when I like when I when I saw them live open for Circle Jerks I was like oh you were on oh that god. show too yeah, yeah. So I, was I, was like, I miss you guys I was like oh my god wow and then ever since then I just went on the seven seconds yeah run. oh they're Which fucking just, great that was, that was like one of the most amazing things I could have ever seen and his voice so angelic
0: and where the sing and the whole the Palladium singing woes yeah. and uh, so Goosebumps, fun Goosebumps like yeah the, the oh. Nine the Nine Nine the palladium, oh
2: my god the Palladium went crazy for I know yeah yeah
0: yeah. It was beautiful. And they played a lot of songs new Inn. That was nice. and Yeah. Sammy they, played, on drums. they played Somebody Help Me Scream, which I yes. did not expect
2: to hear, man. Yes. Did not expect to hear that. That was exciting. Sammy on
0: drums, Youth of Today. Yeah,
2: sure, sure. Feeling it, man. Mm. So the story I heard about Sammy was that Sammy was so young when he started playing. He's younger than me that he would they would sneak him in in the kick drum? Yeah. Yeah, is that true? Okay, yeah. and They would sneak him in and it would be like, why well, don't you see who's playing drums and it was this little fucking kid. Talking it was this like 14-year-old kid behind the drums. So he was that young. Yeah. He was fucking he he was not supposed to be at CB's. They had a 16 and up and they were strict as Jesus about it. Yeah. And if in your you're in New York, you don't have a fucking learner's permit. No, no. one's taking it. Your school doesn't teach driver's ed. Yeah. So I would bring my actual C- seal of New York. Uh, birth certificate to fucking CBGBs (laughs) and then I lost the fucking thing because of course I did. (laughs) But like you had to bring like, because again, who had my fucking teachers don't drive? What are you saying? Driver's license. (laughs) What what kind of ID am I supposed to have in New York? So you never drove out there? No, I learned to drive when I moved here me at the too. age of 30. Fuck off! Age, age of 33, I
0: got my license, man, yeah. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> we're, we're
2: pounding it. That's dude, and that's fucking, why I drive, like, so safe. I drive like a fucking old lady, me dude. Me too, nobody I, wants
0: to drive. I don't even have no, a car anymore.
2: But, oh, dude. my fucking wife hates driving with me, because my wife grew up in the fucking suburbs outside Boston, yeah. you know. Drives her parents' car when she's 15, has her first accident in 16, but gets it out of the way. She's done. Yeah. You have your first accident at 32, Chappelle? <laughs> no. You know how yeah. fucking humiliating that is? <laughs> you know how fucking humiliating that is? It's crazy to try to get your license in your 30s, too. Oh, you're sitting there surrounded by teenagers. You're the oldest person in that fucking class. And they're like, yeah, you're here for driver's ed. Because I, I am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: But yes. then learning how to drive in Los Angeles, it's no joke. Oh, out here, dri- yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. You guys learn how to drive out. But I so did driving
2: drive in New York, but still. Yeah. Put some fucking hair on your chest, though, man I don't know about you but my second lesson they took me on the freeway
0: wow second
2: lesson and it's one of those cars where he's got a brake but like so he's so the, your uh, your your instructor is sitting next to you and he's got his own brake yeah. pedal but like sometimes the key thing in on the highway is to speed up and get the fuck out of the way you know so even that isn't <laughs> a, that is not a fail safe that isn't like a catch all yeah. but he took me on the 101 my second Damn. driving lesson age 30 Fuck. Yeah, that my, puts some hair on your chest, though, it right? Does, but I, got another,
0: <laughs> I got another. I got another uh, information for you. First of all, I don't drive. I never. I don't drive on highways. Really? I can't I, do it. Yeah. How and, do you and, go you and know. I, other? And I sold place? my car nine months ago and bought my son a car, so I don't even have a car. I take birds. I walk. I take Uber's. Yeah. I yeah. just and I just. I've been on the highway twice and I just get so scared. Like the five lanes, all. I just freak out. I pull over. I can't do it, man.
2: Did your son drive you to Vegas? How'd you get to Vegas? He drove. He drove. He, <laughs>
0: I know, it's he kills awesome. it. He kills drive. He's incredible. Oh, he <laughs> he's fucking born in L.A. He's, yeah. a fucking, he's got it in his bones. My I kids are going to be it, great man. drivers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I And I have a lot of friends, I'm going to say their names, we know, that don't drive either. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we here. Here. Oh, yeah. All the cats out here. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sure. East coasters I'm and sure. like... Yeah, it's all, it's all East Coast. Oh, it's all though. East Coast.
2: It's all <laughs> East Coast. Yeah. That's it's, fucking amazing. I I, so I was supposed to fly to Vegas, right? And my... My flight got canceled. I was supposed to be out there Thursday night, and I was going to try to make it to the DI show. Right? Yeah. I was going to fly right in. I'm going to go straight to the fucking DI show. Fly. Bring my luggage. I don't give a shit. And um, <laughs> But uh, they cancel it. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And I call my wife, and I go, I'm fucking doing it. I'm gunning it tonight. I'm going tonight, and I'm going to get there. I'm going tonight. And she was like, yeah, Dr. Thompson, no, you're fucking not. You're going to gonna come home. You're going to good night's sleep, and then we'll talk. And I was like, all right. And so 100% right, 100% right. So I went home, and I left first thing in the morning and got there around noon, and I caught Pegboy at the pool. Ooh, that Peg was Boy. great. Another great band, man. Fucking Pegboy, fucking Nathan killing Naked check
0: out those two bands. Ooh. Oh, fucking
2: Pegboy. I love Pegboy. Pegboy looked like volunteer firemen.
0: Chicago man Yeah well Chicago Working right class. It's just Chicago yeah.
2: Fucking there's that Midwestern thing uh-huh. Them Dillinger 4 These are the yeah. guys Who are like They are the ladder And rescue group They are just at, And they happen To have guitars Um, They're great <laughs> They're fucking great You would love Pegboy man You would uh, love yeah. Pegboy So
0: melodic Dude amazing man Great uh-huh. like
2: big single pump fist pumping choruses okay. you, you dig them a lot Yeah Um but uh but yeah so the the that was the longest I think that was the longest drive I ever did solo was LA to Vegas. Oh, wow. Um and again driving for 20 years now but that was the longest drive I had ever made by myself. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Does your
0: wife like punk too?
2: Nah, not her jam. I mean, she doesn't hate it and she you know she appreciates the Ramones yeah. and she appreciates their place in musical history. Yeah. Um but she's not um you know she she was into Green Day when it was the law. <laughs> yeah in 1994 when when, it was when, the when, law. No, when when Clinton signed that bill you know and you <laughs> and, and, and had to be into green the Day. punk broke yeah exactly you know but um <laughs> but you know i don't think she she doesn't necessarily seek it out you know yeah 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 um but she's into like a lot of the other stuff that that a lot of punk bands i love are into like so she's into the kinks. You, cool. know, oh, you know, you yeah, know, yeah. and and you kinks know the, awesome. the, the kinks are great, and the mm-hmm. more you understand the kinks, the more you realize how they paved the way for so much. I agree. You know, so um, we have, have we have a bunch credit. of shit in cover. We have a bunch of shit in common, but she did not join me at punk rock bowling. <laughs> 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 that was that was my off little uh, my little thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> punk rock bowling. It's awesome. It's intense. Like the the pools are full of like. Just like all like Liberty Spike, just everything. just like a punk rock soup. It's crazy, man. Yeah, you, punk rock soup. It was my it was my first time going. And it was because it's of the pandemic
2: lot. that I was like, I'm fucking this is I'm yeah. finally gonna go to punk rock bowling. I've been talking about it for years. I am doing this. Yeah, same. I always
1: wanted to go too. And yeah.
2: it, I don't regret a thing. I had a no, great fucking good. time, man. And I bounced around. I had like one guy who was sort of my my north star. We would check in on each other constantly. Um who's um You know, he's like a a one or two beers a night guy. So he wasn't like I didn't have to take care of him or anything. My my buddy Jordan, shout out to Jordan. And then I would, I hung out with the guys from Punk Rock Karaoke a bunch that weekend and hung out with the Field Day guys a bit. It was just a fucking, I met Brandon Cruz for the first time. That's cool. And Brandon's, you know, Brandon is the, is the sitcom punk rock, you know, connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the he's the uh, right. Rosetta Stone of sitcom punk rock guys. <laughs> Courtship of Eddie's father and Doctor yeah. No, man, he's the uh, he's where it all connects, man. Wow, that's he's right. He's man. where it starts. Yeah, he's yeah. great.
0: So let's get back to you. I'm gonna get back to you. Um, you're trying out for commercials. You're doing all kinds of stuff. You're really diving into the acting and all that, right? So, mm-hmm. like, what is like the first thing you land? Like a t- Was it TV or a movie?
2: The fir- well, the f- actually, yeah, the first thing I landed was there was a guy at um, at UCB who had written a film. We were like, yeah, okay, we've all written screenplays, buddy. But he had <laughs> actually written a film and sold it to DreamWorks, and it was getting made. Oh, shit. And he got a bunch of us auditions for big roles in it, and none of us got the big roles. But I got a role as a waiter in the movie Road Trip. Yep. Mm. That's what happened, um, right? Number yeah, one, 2000? Which came out in 2000. Wow. We shot at summer 90- 99. I like that movie. I had just joined the Screen Actors Guild. Um, and but that's a big movie too. It was a pretty big movie. Yeah. It, it, it had a, it, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was marketed as a Tom green vehicle. It wasn't really, he worked like mm. a week on it, but he kind of, he sort of narrates it. So it looks like he's in the whole movie. Yeah. He did Like four days on the thing. You know? okay. <laughs> it was one of those things. Um, and then they edited it to make it look like he's there the whole time. But, uh, yeah, I play a, a waiter who tells, um, it was a fun, it was a fun role because it's kind of a funny scene, but the most important part is that, I have to tell one of the dads that his son has maxed out his credit card. Mm -hmm. And you need to know that information in order for the second act of the movie to make sense. So my scene was cut proof. Wow. You could not cut my scene. It needed to be there. It needed to be there. And I don't do a ton of film work. But I do have this lucky streak where if I get a film role, I'm given like a little bit of exposition that like, you know, film dies without me, guys. Can't cut me. You're going to have to reshoot. You're going to have to reshoot. So I don't know. So I get to tell Fred Ward, who we just lost a couple weeks ago, may he rest, Mm. the great Fred Ward, Remo Williams, if you're listening at home. I got to tell him that his son maxed out his credit card and um, (laughs) it was awesome. It was so... Fred Ward was in Tremors, man. He's the shit. He was great, yeah. So that was my first role and that it was one of those things where like credits start to talk and like, Oh, if he did a movie and then maybe we can see him for some TV stuff. Mm. And when I moved out here, all I had was a manager, but I got very, very lucky, very quick. And yeah.
0: What made you move out here? Just, just act.
2: Um, I wanted to to New York. Look, New York's great. And, uh, I know I knock it sometimes, but if you live anywhere for 30 years, It starts to feel like, oh, this is my hometown and I guess this is where I'm going to die. And, you know, and it's hard to explain that to people who build their whole lives around eventually moving to New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You feel a little crazy and frankly, you feel ungrateful that you're leaving this place that people aspire to move to. True. But... It was my fucking Bedford Falls after a point, you know, like yeah, I gotta, yeah, yeah. I gotta fucking get out of here before I throw myself off a yeah. bridge, you know? And, yeah. and I, and I, and I was embarrassed. I didn't know how to drive and I figured LA would force me to learn how to drive. To grow up a little bit responsibility. You know? yeah, yeah. Some genuine responsibility. Get away yeah. from my parents. Um, whom I loved very much, but who, you know, if your parents are in the same town, you're going to find yourself asking them for money. You're going to find yourself, mm. like, leaning on them in ways. And I was like, I need to, like, really shift things up. And I also just could not get seen for Law & Order, which was kind of the only game in town at the— wow. This is You remember, this is before, um, you know, 30 Rock or any of the Comedy Central mm-hmm. shows were shooting yeah. out there, you know, Broad City or any of that stuff. It was— Spin City and Law and Order were the two and the soap operas, and there's nothing for me on the soap operas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so there was nothing going on in New York at that time, and LA had everything, everything. and everything. I was and I everything. was done with winter.
0: Yeah, fuck the winter. Yeah. Really.
2: So I got I got real lucky and started booking some sitcom work early on.
0: But and, later on you're on CSI New York though. Which shot here. But still, though, no, I mean, yeah. there, there's
2: there's one scene in that episode. There's there, there's one scene in that episode where they they shot it in Times Square. Everything else is um, at a bus depot in downtown L.A. Really? And it's and it's at Interior Port Authority, and I was like, we all know this is far too big for Port Authority. Gary Sinise, help me out here. This is far too <laughs> fucking big for Port Authority, right? Yeah, no, that's a dirty lie.
0: So when <laughs> you when you when you come out, you start it starts going good for you.
2: I got really lucky really quick. Yeah, yeah. I just. For whatever reason, I think being a, uh, someone that casting directors didn't know who was 30 already, because mm. most of the 30-year-olds, they had been seen for eight years or so. Oh, yeah, oh. Those, yeah, yeah, those kids yeah, yeah. got out of nice. drama school and moved yeah. straight here. So Don't I you. was something of a new face at 30. And, you know, novelty counts in the arts, in music, in anything. Oh, this is a new thing. Yeah. Well, yep. he's 30, but no, it's a new thing. You know? yeah. so, so I think that gave me a little niche. And and then it was... and uh, You see... Like I'm proud of my resume. I'm really proud of my resume. I got a hundred credits all over the place. All over the place. But man. those first couple those first couple gigs you have to chalk up to luck to a certain extent, you know, and I just got real lucky. The heat. Um the No, the Heat by the Heat by the time the Heat came along, I was established. I fucking love that movie. I, man, it's man. a great movie. It's incredible. Wait, man. which one? Uh, the heat. Uh, oh, not not Heat. The Heat, which yeah. is Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy oh, as Cops and, 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 and Rappaport. And, yeah, yeah,
0: Rappaport's yeah, yeah, Rappaport. in there. And Bill Burr. Bill Burr
2: so Coming all right from a, are you are you a knock uh, are you
0: not a knock okay so true? that's yeah.
2: been that's Nate Cordry. that's my buddy Nate Cordry okay. asking are you a knock so good <laughs> The trashy, there's two trashy women uh, who yeah. sit across from him, right? And mm-hmm. one of them is Jessica Chaffin, and the other one is my wife, Jamie Denbo. Oh, oh, wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, are you a boy or a girl? When yes, yeah. that That's Jamie. That's my wife. <laughs> oh my god, man! That's my fucking. We,
0: we watch yeah. that repeatedly because my mom talks about a, that. It's she's a some torn mass. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. No, yeah. You're, you're,
2: so my wife is from the North Shore of fucking Boston. Okay. And you put one fucking beer in there and she sounds like she's about to get kicked out of fucking Fenway for a hate crime. <laughs> she's a fucking mess. A hate crime. She's fucking trash. The second one fucking beer in that dress and uh it's just <laughs> that fucking skank. Good lord, that is such a. Like, great she's scene. gonna, she's gonna fucking throw up in her Bruins jersey. She's a mess. Is
0: so that so The whole conversation is oh, incredible. I love, I love that. It's movie. a great,
2: it's a great scene. Yeah. yeah. So you're way established by that point. I, I had a foot in the door by that. By that point, I'm already recurring on Big Bang Theory. Yep. And, you know, so I'm 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 not a known commodity, but I'll put it this way. That was a straight offer. I didn't have to audition for that one. That was a yeah. straight, that, that that was a oh. straight offer, which was nice. I play an FBI agent. Yes. Super early on in the movie. Uh, Paul Feig directed it mm-hmm. because only the guy who created Freaks and Geeks looks at me and goes FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did. God bless him. So, yeah, that's a that's a really fun credit. It's yeah. a fun movie. Is, uh, hey man, good to see you again. Hi, Max, we're about to be in the Big Bang Theory right
0: now. Huh? We're about to talk about Big Bang Theory right now. I mean, is that is the Big Bang? Theory, is that like is that a life changer, game changer for you?
2: Well, in a slow way, you know, because it was I only did two or three episodes a year, but yeah. it was for eleven of the twelve seasons. Yeah. So it doesn't really become like a oh things are really different now until it starts uh, going into reruns in season yes. five. So that's when the syndication money comes in, which is, uh, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, It's like royalties,
0: right? Record royalties. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's like record royalties. Exactly. And they're they're It's, it's being shown in places that are airing commercials and that commercial revenue trickles down eventually. And and some of it lands in my pocket. Wow. Um, And that's a big
0: show, man. It's a
2: big show. It's, it's, it's big all over the world. Mm -hmm. It's, it really has a, a very international fan base and, the syndication, the rerun schedule made it look like I was on the show more often than I actually was. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like you always. Yeah. yeah, no, I only did 25 of the 200 plus episodes on wow, that show. Man. But and the other cool thing was that they were. Oh, my God. So Max just showed me his uh, his Big oh, Bang that's Theory. That's favorite show, man. <laughs> Bazinga oh Pint Glass. That's fantastic. That is fantastic.
0: <laughs> I should have given water in that.
2: I know. Every, um, um, uh uh. Actually, would it kill you? Could I have some water? Yeah, Max, Could can you right? give me yeah, some water? That sorry, is that all, all right? It?
0: You want sparkling, sparkling or still? still?
2: Still is fine, thank you. You want it like this? That's fine. Sure. That's totally fine. He doesn't want the glass, much. dude. He doesn't want to drink out of his own glass. <laughs> That'd be weird. It's not really my glass. <laughs> I'm not on that one. There's no merch with my uh, with my face on it. But it still would be weird. It's like I know all those guys. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, some of them have been to my house. Yeah. Um. But, so when shit like
0: that happens, it's almost like I got I get quarterly royalties. From my albums, I've done. Uh-huh. So it's yeah. kind of the same thing in TV. Exactly, you okay, get quarterly,
2: yeah. every three months, every the, it's every so good, man. Um, first quarter, whatever year you get a you get a check, and they're you know they're getting smaller. You know the show's no longer in in production, and um, it's not as. Um, it can't command the ad revenue that it used to. Yeah, but it's still it's still uh, what what actors call the magic mailbox. Yeah, <laughs> 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 what is that? It's exactly what it sounds like. You open up your mailbox and hello, check. Because oh, you gotta, know what it's yeah, going yeah, 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 yeah. don't don't to what it's gonna be. You don't yeah. know what it's going to be. You don't. It's a total crapshoot. But there's a couple gigs <laughs> like that. I, I have a very small role in the Santa Claus Three, but every December that movie plays. Fucking nonstop, nonstop, and um and in like March, a check comes from Santa Claus Three, and I'm always like, oh, hello, all right, dinner's on me, all right, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's <laughs> nothing crazy, you know, don't go out and buy an Audi, but you're, you know, it's a nice little surprise. But this yeah. is exactly what
0: I said the day about Rappaport was in this movie Hitch. I'm not gonna say anything else, but with Will Smith, yeah, he's that in there, really, re- re- he's thing. in there, he's in there really short. But they I know, got another I, friend who's they, in Hitch, and, and, and,
2: and it like he bought his fucking
0: house off of Hitch royalties, and, man. And, yeah, I'm yeah, not to blow rap spot, but he said that shit's no joke. You get those checks and
1: hitch, hitch is always played and, but he's Billy in the hitch movie it's is one of those
2: things where it's like on TNT all the time all the time all the time it's it's you know it's it's you can put it on and you're just going to feel good for yeah, 2 hours yeah almost yeah it's a yeah. timeless you can be in kevin the movie kevin james is appealing in that movie exactly. that's not easy um <laughs> and is it only if
0: you speak though or you can just be in the on the scene for a second and you get you
2: need to speak in, and if okay. you speak you're going to be in the ending credits and and you've got to be credited in the film. Like mm, oh. background players aren't seeing that kind of scratch. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you if you have a speaking role,
0: mm-hmm. and it's even like less than I don't know five minutes, it's like, yeah. wow, man. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It'll be it'll be um uh, sort of based on what you were initially paid for the thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it'll have something to. do. So if you if if like him, you worked a day, or like me on the heat, I worked one day. Maybe um, using know. the heat, FBI agent Max. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Max's wife is one of the women at the table are not you a man. boy or a girl? No,
2: his wife. And his
0: Max's yeah, his wife. wife. His wife. You said Max's wife. In the heat at the table. <laughs> really? He said, Are you a boy he or said a girl? Yeah. Max,
2: comma, his wife. Oh. <laughs> but it sounded like Max's wife. <laughs> it's the
1: East Coast talk. I just can't keep
2: up with. <laughs> I know he speaks very. We speak very quickly. <laughs> just, you you know why we speak so quickly? Because there's eight people behind us in the deli line, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and we gotta get fucking going here, Dude, Shirtel. that's so true. We gotta get going. Okay, you want to fucking make with a smear move? <laughs> <laughs> move. Uh, Do you feel like you slowed down since you lived here though? Like that kind of energy? A bit, but I'm still really. One of my
1: one of my homies just went to uh, New York for the first time. And he was uh, I don't know what he was ordering. He's ordering. He was in line for something. Ordered something, and he's just kind of like browsing. Like oh, no 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 no. And, uh, no, no, and no. the dude's finally was like, Yo, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy was yeah. like, What do you want? Yeah. And he was like, Oh, uh, I was just kind of just browsing. The yeah. Don't like, think no, they're no, gonna no. go with that. No. Customers always right shit yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
2: get fucking going. <laughs>
0: um, was Jumanji like that too? Uh,
2: Jumanji was weird because Jumanji because there was so many special effects in that particular scene I was actually there for for most of the week
3: oh wow um,
2: because they had to shoot I'd never done anything on that scale like I'd done bigger budget movies but I'd never done like an action fantasy thing that had like the fucking rock has a stuntman so there's two rocks wandering around the stage big ass that's that's a fucking that's a bit that's a lot of rock uh yeah um (laughs) that's a wild thing to see two guys who are shaped like the rock in the same room. That's a weird. weird. Yeah. So, so it was a big elaborate thing with, you know, you know, costumes and massive sets on the soundstage in Atlanta and special effects and stunts and fight choreography that can go wrong. So I was there for quite some time. Yeah. And they also cut some of my stuff, but, um, that was really fun because he got to be like the you know the evil British sidekick yeah. of uh, what's his face the uh, the Hound from Game of Thrones. Mm. The actor's name. name has escaped me right now. I didn't uh, see uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm a oh poser. What the fuck was his name? Oh my god! He was so nice. Big Scottish guy who lives off the grid on an island off the coast of Scotland and doesn't even have oh. a TV. You know, um, from Game of Thrones. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. You can cut this part. No, it's okay. Uh, this is gonna try <laughs> me. If you're anything like me, this is going to drive you crazy, too. I know, yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, dude. Big, big dude. Big dude, yeah.
1: He's got, doesn't he have, like, didn't he have a stroke? Um, no, thinking wrong, big you dude. You
0: better be careful what you guys say on here. What's next? Who's it? <laughs> uh, I know, wrong, wrong big dude. <laughs> he's looking him up. We're going to find out who this person is. Sorry, Joe Bajian. Rory McCann. Rory McCann. Rory
2: McCann. Um, uh, This guy. This cat. I was thinking the different. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, yeah. yeah so yeah. this guy, um, yeah, he was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like six five or something, mm-hmm. and um, I was playing his obsequious little henchman. It was so fun, man. Massive, it's awesome, huge costume, massive sets. Yeah, it's um, cool. And you know, I, I actually. <laughs> Uh, this is a fun LA thing. Jack Black and I used to have uh, kids at the same Jewish preschool, wow. LA, um, <laughs> and so I knew Jack anyway going okay. in, which helped. That's you know? cool. And so, so he and he's a, everything you want on set. Like he, he seems play, like he plays ACDC on his phone before the before the take, right before the yell action to get people pumped up and stuff. Oh, he does. Yeah, he's everything <laughs> you want him to be. He's basically cool, Dewey man. Finn. He's basically the character yeah. from School of Rock showing up to work. I you know, love oh, this that. This is fantastic.
0: I only hear good things. And like my wife works at this. Game park he's always there skating with his kids
2: and like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah really his kid cool. loves to skate yeah
0: and two other two well i mean i love kirby enthusiasm It's
2: one of my favorite shows and that's my wife playing my wife in there
0: wow dude and family guy too max
2: when you meet when you meet doing so improv many. when that's like your hook they bring you in for shit together a lot, so we would That's do cool. commercials together. We did um, Reno Nine One One together. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did Kirby Enthusiasm. All the stuff where you had to improvise, they would just bring us in together because it really does save time. The, nice, chem- the chemistry's already it's, there. You know, we, it's we, like we... what
1: Noel was talking about, and the BGs. Yeah, talk. exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> what
2: Noel before we were before we were on mic. We were talking about Noel Gallagher talking about the BGs and how interesting it is to hear. Brothers sing together. There's something about watching married couples improvise that is a mm. similar. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it: harmony.
0: <laughs> yes. Melissa McCarthy and her husband too. Yeah, they work
2: together all the time. All ben the Falcone time, all the time. Ben, and they met Damn, at the Groundlings. Even... They met. They're they're the uh, the far richer West Coast version of my wife and. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's cool. Her husband's always popping up with things too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he directs. He
2: directs and writes. He's a he's a workhorse. Okay. He's got a he's got a thriving career. But he's got like a perfectly respectable acting career. A lot of people are like, oh, Ben Falcone's you know he's but he's he does fine. Yeah. She's just a movie star. Yeah. He does fine though. He's a perfectly working character actor all the time. Yeah.
0: And I just most recently got into Family Guy because my son Max is obsessed with Family Guys. So watching, oh, that's an that's a credible show too, man.
2: Well, I have the weirdest. Want to say something, game I want to hear this. Hear okay, this go ahead. Well, I have the weirdest credit on Family Guy. Okay. Do you do you know what the what the credit is? No. It's actually a live action moment on Family Guy.
0: Oh, those moments they pop in with the different.
2: What they would do? They were doing a thing on one episode one time where do you remember when? I don't think Fox does it anymore, but all the networks used to do a thing where during a show they would plug the next show yes. at yes. the bottom of the screen. Yes. Right. Yeah. So they did that on Fox on an episode of Family Guy, but the shows were all fake. And Stewie is on screen going, really? We can't just finish this candy bar before we open another one? And, and, there's, and <laughs> so there were all these there were all these fake shows uh, that were like parodies of the kinds of shows you would see on Fox. on Fox. OK, so it was me and four other people. And the show was called Shoving Buddies. And it was just five people who were shoving to get in front of the camera the way all, you always see people do in the opening credits of sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And then the other, the <laughs> other. You seen sh- the one
0: Max at all? You seen the one yet?
2: The okay. other. If you Google "shoving buddies," you okay. will find a, a very lo-fi photo of me and four other actors, live action people at the bottom of a cartoon screen. Okay. And the other, the other two were. Remember, it's Family Guy, so this isn't always in the best taste. <laughs> <laughs> the other two typical shows that you s- would see on Fox all the time were. Um, opposite guys, where it was a businessman and a construction worker with their backs to each other, like, mm-hmm. yeah. how are these two going to get along? And then the third and final one was slowly rotating black man, which was just what it sounds. Was. Was a middle-aged black guy slowly <laughs> rotating and looking at you disapprovingly. Oh, my God. Man. He's
0: pulling up right now. That's me. That's, that's me. Oh, yeah, Max that's is me. pulling up in the yeah, thing.
2: There, there it is. That's me. That's me as the shoving buddies on Family <laughs> wow, Guy. Shoving buddies. Pleased report that was also a straight offer. Did not have to audition to be a shoving <laughs> <Really>? buddy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Straight offer,
0: and, yeah. then, you, and then your car- but your character Barry on uh, Big Bang Theory, working at the, at the comic book store and all that.
2: Uh, I did not work at the. You got me confused with uh, Stewart. Um, who pl- was played by Kevin Sussman. Um, Barry works at the university with the rest of them. Oh, okay, okay, my bad, my bad, my, okay. bad, my bad, your okay. son never would have made that mistake. Look at him, look at you, look would, at yeah, you right shit. now. Fucked look at him, look at you right now. He like, he's going to change his last <laughs> no, name. What yeah, the fuck so, did you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to get that horse so covered bad. up on his back. Max, <laughs> be big anyway, bang questions anyway, anyway, this interview's over. Fuck you all. I did mess up with that. I'm
0: sorry about that. But yeah, Big Bang Theory, Max. By the way, it happens all the time. People
2: ah, Stuart. My favorite shit is when people come up to me like, Dude. Will Wheaton. I'm like, no. Will <laughs> Will Wheaton plays Will Wheaton. I'm. uh That's not me, dude. <laughs> Which has happened. That has genuinely happened.
0: And then, wh- I mean, one of my favorite movies was Heather's, and you put a book out.
2: I wrote a book about Heather's. That's amazing. I wrote dude. a book about Heather's. Yeah, just because
0: you love it so much. I
2: love it so much. Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine, my friend Sean Howe, was editing a series of books on on movies that people don't usually write about. Okay. Like you know, we've got there's you know this millions of books about Citizen Kane there's millions of books about eight and a half or seven samurai or whatever let's do something that like means something really intensely to you and I was like well you know Heather's came out my senior year of high school yeah and I was just dating my second consecutive Heather Mm. because it was I mean you can't I I can't listen you're born in 87 I can't express upon you how big that name was in the yeah. 80s <laughs> oh, and it was often the purview of mean girls it was uh, it for some reason there were a lot of heathers who could heather's, be heather was like heather was risky kim's were risky too but heathers were risky <laughs> yeah i happened to fall in love with two of them in my junior and senior year respectively so i went to go see <laughs> heathers with my girlfriend heather wow and so for the book i did a thing where i i, I interviewed the writer and the director whom I would actually worked with the director anyway, so I knew him, Michael yeah. Laman. And then I went back and interviewed the Heathers about what they thought of the film. <laughs> wow. I'm still in touch with both of them. Thank you, social media. That's amazing. Wow. So, yeah. It's not the book, the, the, the print book is out of print, but you can still buy the ebook. That's amazing. There, yeah. That is amazing. Was, was there
0: any, any other movies you want to do a book about or anything like that?
2: No. Oh, that's an interesting question. You know, the other the other one I was thinking of was um, I wanted to do like what it's like to move to LA and discover the L.A. of Repo Man. Ooh, you know, classic. You discover like that area of like Alameda and the yeah. Arts District, and and how it's changed, and like really kind of view Repo Man as a product of its time, but also like. Does that LA exist anymore? Yeah. You know, because I, I I'm a huge fan of that film. I think yeah. It's a, you ever seen
0: Repo Man? Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, you got to see Repo Man. A, it's like yeah. a punk classic. It's man. a total okay. punk classic. It's with, it's with suburbia and that that brought I me. Mean, yeah, but oh, okay. at the decline. end of the day, it's yeah.
2: it's, it's. Oh, it's a, it's like decline. No, no, no. No, no but, It's not a documentary. Although there's some parts of it that are that nail LA so well, you're like that might as well be a documentary. But um, <laughs> it, who's the actor in that Repo Man? It's Emilio Estevez. That's right. It's a pre-breakfast club. Emilio Estevez. Right. Yeah, okay. and Harry Dean Stanton, Okay. Cy Richardson. Don't do this to me. I will be here all fucking night. No, Tracy I Walter. <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's a, a movie about a a guy, a, a punk kid in L.A. Yeah, who um, who becomes a repo man to make money and uh, comes across a uh, a a Chevy Malibu that has an alien carcass in the trunk. And there's a bunch of people who are out trying to and find the movie this just car, sets off right and there. it goes from it goes it goes completely apeshit from there. And it has yeah. this amazing soundtrack, though, with like Black Flag and the Circle Suburbia yeah, on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Iggy it's Pop. That's so funny. Does... I just
1: know the soundtrack to it. No, the
2: soundtrack was like the starter kit for so many of us. It really it was, was. Like, was, oh, man. I can bang out a bunch of bands if I listen. I'll I'll know yeah. a bunch of bands that way. Uh, Fear. Uh, yeah, that, have... yeah, that's all yeah. I like know. It for Decline is the too, same thing. Yeah. soundtrack yeah. yeah, But Repo Man is great. Do yourself a favor; you will very much enjoy. You like Suburbia. I like suburbia. Um, I somebody called it punk exploitation one time mm. because those kids are kind of awful. You they know, they are, they yeah, yeah, you yeah. know they, they take they 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 tear those the clothes off that girl in the club. Right. There's all the racial racial stuff with the black cop and everything. That's a little a weird. Yeah, oh, yeah it's a little weird. It's not. It doesn't make. About it doesn't make the scene look great. I mean, it's a it's a, a, as a a piece of its time. Yeah. It's good. And there's actually some great performances by an all amateur cast. Flea too. Yeah. Flea's great. Flea's actually, Flea's Flea's like the ringer in the cast. He's actually pretty good. And there's one kid who went on to be in Platoon, Chris something or other. Yes, the blonde kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, But everyone else is just a a kid that Penelope Sphere has found. Mm. And some of them are like, oh yeah, well you suck. You're a terrible actor. Don't ever do this again. But some of them are actually really good. Some of them have like a naturalism. The kid who plays Joe with like the floppy hair whose girlfriend. home again, Joe. Yeah. Uh, yeah DJs. you know yeah. It, it, there's some good shit in there and it, it's and the soundtrack is great and there's it's footage incredible. of tsol i know and the vandals were great in it um but it's um di it di yeah. are great yeah. in it they do richard hung himself but yeah. it's it's, hung <laughs> it's it, but it's so it's a it's a problematic film it is as i was just saying say about today. that
0: the girl getting a clothes ripped off that's so fucked
2: yeah on the dance floor yeah and it's not like it, you can't tell what the movie thinks about it you know, you can't tell if like the movie like are we supposed to find this funny? What funny,
1: are we? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, where, yeah. Is, where are what we with is, this? Yeah, what is
2: it? You know, and it's it's a. Uh, I mean, Sad I still too. like it, but I'm not in a massive rush to show it to my kids. I'll put it that way. Ooh. I'll show them Repo Man. I'm not going to show them uh, suburbia, suburbia until like I'm very clear that they can be like, okay, this is of its time, and it's a weird time. Yeah, and I it's think... also like I don't know. I've said enough, but I I, I still I still have a, a deep fondness for that movie, but it's it's. It's a it's complicated dark, piece of work. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think, Max, I think I showed you suburbie about the punk rockers living in the squat yeah. and the kids get a mohawk and Ethan, he, he gets yeah. hit, all that. Remember that? Yeah. The fight with the cops. The rejected. The rejected, yeah.
2: Yeah, they live in a squat. And it's a, That's got to be like OC, right? That's not up yeah. here, right? That's down. I have a
0: soon. Okay. Yeah, okay, go Hit it. Hit, 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 it. Right here. hit it. Since I totally messed up the Big Bang. So, go ahead, go ahead. so,
2: in Big Bang, your name is Barry Kripke,
0: but you were given a speech impediment. Did they do that on purpose to give you a name that sounds like Barry Kripke? because you have that speech impediment?
2: That's a good question. When I say Bowie, it sounds a little bit like the way I pronounce my last name in real life, which is a weird thing that my my mother-in-law noticed. Um, no, here's, I'll make this as quick as possible. This is a good question. This is great. Um, the speech impediment was not in the original script. I showed up mm-hmm. to do the audition and I played him the way you see him on screen, just really cocky. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, he, yes, he's a physics professor, but he's the, he he thinks he's the shit. Yeah. You know, like the guy has no self-doubt. Yeah. A million miles from who I am in real life, you know, just this incredibly <laughs> confident guy, leads with his crotch. Yeah. And they were like, he's great, <laughs> I wanna give him like a vulnerability or something. And so Chuck Lorre and Bill Prady, who were the two guys who, were, who created the show, were sitting in front of me and they're like, they're basically just tossing my fate back and forth between them and they're like, Maybe if he had, like, he should have a vulnerability. He should have something where, like, he's not just a complete alpha, you know? Like yeah. uh, So maybe, like, a speech impediment. And Bill goes, yeah, could you do sort of a subtle, like, a Tom Brokaw liquid L? And here's the thing about actors. We say yes to everything, whether we can do it or not. Yeah. And that's fine with when it's a speech impediment. You get in trouble when you're into stuff like horseback riding and shit, you know? <laughs> that's when people end up in the hospital. But when it's a speech impediment, what's the harm? So I said, sure, I will do something very subtle. <laughs> And, what came out instead was this ridiculous Elmer Fudd thing, but they started laughing, and the the big line in that, it's my first episode, the big line is, um, oh, God, and I never do this, but you're a nice kid, so I'm going to do this for you.
0: The <laughs> best question, too, Max, great. Yeah.
2: We're all pathetic and creepy and can't get girls that's why we fight Wobots. so which is kind of like the ultimate like line of the series yeah. a lot of way that's the whole series in a <laughs> nutshell in a way you know and that killed that just destroyed it, and i got the job that night wow. I, I, was, I was i was i remember was, that line i was too. driving back home when i got the job and usually they make you wait a day but like i was in my car just leaving warner brothers when i got the call that's so good was that's uh, an incredible so question the name Max had no man.
0: no correlation to this because because obviously, no well
2: no initially no that's a, a, a to follow up one more thing is that initially it was Stuart kripke ah and when uh when they gave me the speech impediment they rewrote it because they thought oh barry's gonna be funnier Barry will yeah. be funnier with the and speech all, impediment, yeah, and, and Barry then Kipke. Yeah, yeah, and then they gave the name Stuart to the guy who runs the comic book shop. Yes,
0: got you. Okay, Stuart
2: Bloom. Max, Morris, fine question, man. Max. Max, Morris. Max, everybody, you really pay attention. You have a fine career in entertainment journalism, but I wouldn't wish that on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a, that's wow. I that feel about that. Nice work, man. Wow, nice work.
2: Man. I actually have to. Yeah, my son is uh, okay. is flying solo at home. I want to I want to go home and and, okay. and rescue him from the PS Five. Well, I think
0: we covered a lot of things on here, right? Yeah. You know?
1: No, this is great. Yeah, this is really so good. fucking fun, man. Yeah, this, this is, so,
2: is fun. Really so fun talking to you guys. I
0: mean, what what? Okay, your last question: We usually do optimist or pessimist, but I know you're super positive.
2: You know, I I am for someone who who deals with a lot of depressive disorder. I really am a pretty positive person, and I will credit a lot of that to the shit I was listening to in the eighties, man. Yes. I, I really will. I, 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 am able to, to punch through a lot of shit and keep that PMA, man. Yeah, I, I love um, that, man. um, I mean, I think, you know, I think <laughs> back me up, but I think if you're <laughs> going to do this for a living, I mean, you've got to be optimistic because I mean, you're you're, <laughs> you're, 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 yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. you're, you're. The odds are not really in your favor, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 if, if you're going into a business where you're going to book one in twenty auditions, yeah, keep your chin up, Tiger.
0: Yeah, awesome,
2: man. Just listen to the crew by seven seconds, you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> I'm
0: not covered everything on my list. I'm pretty yeah. happy with this, man. Oh I mean, yeah, you, you did really really a good you, man. Meticulous research, man. Yeah. Thank you. Guys. I, I really appreciate you being here, man. And uh, it was great meeting you at the Punk Rock Bowl. Yeah, great to meet you
2: as well. You have a lovely home. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Max.
0: Thanks. Coming in for that question it was
2: yeah. wonderful. Yeah. That man. was great, Max. It, that was great. It, yeah. You did a really great for job. For the listener at home, Max has a fucking dope H two O tattoo on his thigh. Yeah, that go. that's <laughs> lovely. What a nice way to show respect to you. See, this is my way of showing respect to my parents because my tattoo is is where my parents met. Awesome. Uh, it's, it's the Unisphere in Queens at the World's Fairgrounds oh, uh, in, cool. in, in Flushing. That's and awesome. uh, that's your respect to uh, your folks. That's yeah. so cute. I love that.
0: Thank well, thank you, man. We'll have thank to do you. a part two someday. We'll just nerd out on all kinds of music.
2: I, we, we went pretty deep on the seven seconds catalog Woo! for this one, though. Craig <laughs> yeah. Yeah. will
0: be so stoked. Oh, so good. I'm he, glad. Yeah. I've never met
2: the guy. I, I think he follows me on Instagram now, and, uh, but he just seems like a sweetheart. Totally he, sweet he's heart. And I said this earlier, he seems like the Tom Hanks of hardcore. Yeah. Just like nobody says anything bad about the guy. <laughs> that's,
0: that's a great, that's a great, yeah. Well, thank you, man. Thank you so much for being here. People can find you on the gram find you anywhere, right? Pretty much. At,
2: at John Ross Bowie yeah. uh, across a bunch of platforms. All right. Awesome, bro. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you. you, Chappelle.
0: Thank you. Awesome. All right, bye. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review... Uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast please do that and whatever platform you are listening to this on i'm glad you found me you can rate me and review me on there also so thank you guys sincerely for the support i cannot wait for you guys to the next one